Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boyd here, brilliantly done. He can set away Son now. Kane's around the back. Hummin Son. He's got a lot of options here. Boyd here, places it in. Super finish from Pierre-Emil Hoybier. He was key in the build-up. And it's a devastating finish from the midfielder. Reglon Son, Spurs counter-attack, Lucas Moura and Kane wait to see what Son can do here and he might go it alone, brilliant work and Lucas Moura's there to tap in Tottenham Hotspur with the swift reply Hummin Son the creator once again and Spurs lead again Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well out there. Thank you ever so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, or on Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And for better or for worse, you make your mind up. We are also live on YouTube. Delighted to be welcoming back... My co-host... Um, I am Husky, and I have to be, be honest with you, it's not for moaning either, it's for actually singing songs and getting behind the team today in the, in the South Stand. So, uh, yeah, fresh back from the game. And uh, I am smiling because it's three points. So, uh, happy days. Happy days indeed. And like I say, it's great to bring two debutants on on the back of Spurs winning. And I know I haven't said that much this season, although we did start the season, of course, with three straight wins in the Premier League. First up, delighted to be making his debut. We've got presenter... Jeff Brazier on the show. Jeff, how are you, my friend? You well? The fact that we got a performance and we got a result. So, yeah, I'm very pleased, just like Lee and the rest of us. And, um, yeah, no, it was interesting because I was working at the Mura game in the week and I uh, got an interesting insight. So uh, I'll share that soon, I'm sure. We're looking forward to that, Jeff. We are looking forward to that indeed. And also pleased to be making his debut tonight. We've got British actor and writer TJ Romini joining us. TJ, how are you, my friend? You well? I think I unmuted myself successfully. Very well. Um, delighted to be here, Ricky. Nice to be here with such an all-star team as well, Jeff and Lee. Um, yeah, man, just so excited and obviously off the back of three points. Thank goodness, because I think four in a row just would have been, you know, we would have been here slitting our wrists. Um, but uh, yes, mate, happy and excited to be here. Thank you so much. I think you're right there, TJ. I think it would have been tough 
you know, in any in any circumstances with Tottenham, it's tough. But I think definitely 100%, um, when you take into account the recent run of results and performances, my God, we need that win today. Lee, let's start with you. You've just come back fresh from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A big win for Nuno Espirito Santo. As Spurs claim that 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. A deserved three points with a good performance as well, following a dreadful run in the league in September. And also 17 shots on goal. The XG is on the rise. What did you make of it, Lee? Love a bit of XG, Rick. Love a bit of XG. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought it was a much, much better uh, performance. I think our possession stats say that. Our shots, attempts uh, at goals, you just said 17, eight on target. I think that's, that for me, I always look at XG and I don't really understand all that kind of new stuff, to be fair. But I always look at it and say, look, if you're having seven, eight, nine shots on target, you're going to be looking at scoring in and around two, three goals every other every game that you do. And, you know, if you look at what we've done so far under Nuno, I think we've been having two or three shots on target through, through the game. Do you know what I mean? It's just not been, uh, just not been good enough. Um, I think last week we made Arsenal look like world beaters and it was absolutely disgusting. It was an embarrassing performance. But today was completely different to that. You know, we, we, had, um, we had a good amount of passes, a good amount of possession and a good amount of opportunities. I think we were, it's, it's like how we should be playing. Look, it's not, we're not going to go and win the league, uh, clearly, but we needed the three points. We've got a big international break ahead of us. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a huge, hugely important three points. And, and I like some of the individuals, I'm sure we'll get into it, Rick, but some of the individual performances today I was really impressed with. Um, some not so much, I have to say, but you know, like the reality of the situation is I'm husky, we've been singing, we got three points, and uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say we got the job done because actually Villa were a very good side and uh, we made them look very ordinary today, I have to be honest. So I think it's a very good performance from us today. Yeah, no, I do agree. And I think, you know, going into this game and um, coming over to you, Jeff, there was actually massive, I would say, trepidation in terms of what kind of Tottenham would turn up. You know, we started the season ever so well. I think it's fair to say that over the last three or four games, Nuno's been under a huge amount of pressure. I mean, Son making both goals, of course, nearly scored himself a few times. Um, but overall, if you're going to play that sort of counter-attacking football, it is as good as it gets when it comes to making it work, Jeff. What did you make of the performance at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium earlier today against Aston Villa? I think the game midweek massively helped. Uh, I know it's a game that we're expected to win easily, but given our situation and the need for a lift in terms of spirit and morale, uh, not just for the squad, but for the fans as well, um, I'd say that to, to score five goals past anyone, it's just a habit. It's just... You know, that feeling of of um, knowing that, that they can do it. And that obviously, it's just remembering, oh, oh, yeah, I know what we do. I know how we do this. We, you know, we, we attack with pace and power. And, and we are, a, a, we've always been a threatening team in, in those conditions. So um, I'd also like, I'd, I'd add though, in terms of Kane's influence. And again, I, I hadn't, I wasn't at the game today. So I don't know how pivotal he was in, in certain elements. Did he play quite deep? But you have to ask yourself, if he had got, <laughs> If he had a gone and, and Sonny was kind of leading the line and, and sort of playing in that role, like how much worse off would we be? Because actually from a from a goal point of view, we know he's got six goals, but none of them obviously in the Premier League. So our goal tally in the Premier League wouldn't be any worse off. It just it just fascinates me. And I'd, I'd like to, you know, ask ask the guys on the on the panel here as well, just because I think that's that's half the reason why we had you know it, um actually appointed in the end, just because I think at that point we didn't it looked more likely that we wouldn't have him. Uh, Harry Kane, that is. And so to have uh, a, a more defensive minded manager maybe made sense, given the kind of season that we're probably expecting to have, 
actually we kept him and Nuno's appointment at that point becomes slightly less relevant than I think it was meant to be. I think there was a reason for getting him, but I don't think it it, it was the, the reason that we ended up needing him. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of what ifs, obviously. But the, the, the fact is, is that today we've we've ended up as it's fine margins in football, isn't it? I mean, for us to be eighth, 12 points after seven games, I, I, I'd say that's on target. I'd say that meets expectations. It wasn't comfortable for us to lose those three games back to back, especially with the last one. Uh, but the truth is, I don't think we would have expected necessarily to win those opening three games and get off to a flyer as much as we did. We didn't play great. We remember we was resolute when it comes to hanging on to those leads. It was a a, a, a type of gritty performance and determination that we've not seen um, of, of late. So I was, I'm sure we were all kind of enjoying that, that cohesion around the squad of like, that that belief that we're not going to concede, we're going to see this game out, and then obviously that just kind of um, I don't know how many goals that we we conceded. I think it was nine or so, wasn't it? But that that completely vanished. Well, yeah, it was yep. three in each game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, so it's been an interesting start to the season. It gives us plenty to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's funny just to pick up on your saying there. You know, you know, you said we're on target, and I think the thing is, as a Spurs fan, we have to kind of mentally tell ourselves that this is a transitional season. It's a new manager. Um, there's a lot of new players in there. And it's a case of trying to give this time to work. And the thing is, and I'm, I'm, I'm good with it myself, I sit there every weekend and say, we're only a couple points off the top four. We're only a couple points off this. And you end up deluding yourself thinking that, you know, this squad is at the same level it was under Pochettino. But the reality is that it isn't. There's still a lot of work that I think needs to be done. And what I will say about Nuno is in every press conference and every uh, interview after the game, and I'm going to bring it up to you, Jeff, don't worry, I'm going to be coming to you about uh, Nuno in general, but I, I do feel that's one of the consistent things that he's saying, that, you know, it is a case of working. Because I don't think, you know, as much as, obviously, many people, and listen, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, they've made, they've made their mind up on Nuno. But when you actually look at the amount of time that he spent with the squad as a whole, he hasn't had that a huge amount of time with them. And, you know, I think coming over to you, TJ, to me, that feels like a very big win for Nuno and Spurs collectively. Because when you look at it, um, the second half, I think I'll probably go along, along the lines of saying that's probably, for me, the best I've seen Spurs play this season, certainly in terms of chances created. Um, I mean, listen, I don't know if the Nuno blueprint, if, if that is it, if that's how we're going to move forward. But for me, I think Son was arguably man of the match. Also, Emerson, I thought, were ever so strong. So what did you make overall of the way Spurs approached the game? And, you know, for Nuno in these early days, how important is that going into now another international break? Is that me, Ricky? It was you, TJ. It was you. Brilliant. OK, I uh, just want to make sure that my first comment is on, on cue. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I, I agree with everything that's been, been said thus far. Um, it was terribly important for us to get that win today. You know, to lose four in a row would really be... Uh, almost, almost, I think, a step too far for us. And then you start talking about Nuno getting sacked and what, what have you. The thing is, is that obviously football is something that people all around the, the world are extremely passionate about. And part of that passion means we're going to have opinions. And Nuno has been catching an awful lot of flack. I understand a lot of it. I think that one of the things that occurs is that, of course, first three games of the season, we win them. We don't win them in the Tottenham style, which I understand, but we win them. We grind out these one nils. And then also we looked resolute at the back, which is something that we haven't been able to say for, for a very, very long time. Um, I think another thing that's very important as well, as you, we've discussed, is that this is a transitional period and we've actually been in that period for quite some time. That painful rebuild, it's such a famous quote now, isn't it? And it's such a sort of wonderful bit of insight from, from Pochettino. Um, and I actually think, I was thinking about this the other day as I was listening to um, the podcast that you did after, the, um, after the, the game that we won't talk about last week. Um, 
just actually the enormity of that statement, the painful rebuild. It's not just about players that we adore who've served us well leaving and bringing in untested players. It's the whole thing that the structure, the cohesion of, of not just the team, like who's on the grass, who's on the pitch every week, but the whole club seemed to have been shaken to its core. Um, and I don't know just how much of that Pochettino was aware of at the time that he said that. I suspect he probably was aware of it. He was so close with with Daniel Levy and was such an important, integral part of this beautiful sort of Renaissance period that we all look back on with with such uh, such glee and such um, happiness. And so for Nuno, I was I was really pleased for him today uh, because he's a negative manager, right? He's a defensive manager. And I understand that. I can look at his record. We can all Google stuff, right? How many goals he scored in this many games and XG and all this sort of stuff. However, I do think that we have to give not only players an opportunity to grow and develop, but also managers the opportunity to grow and develop. If you're playing at Wolves, and again, no disrespect to Wolves, it's not the same set of players as when you come to Tottenham. And it's not the same philosophy and it's not the same history. Of course, they have a history. They're, they're a, a big team going back some time, but it is a different DNA or a different ethos. You know, to dare is to do is, is Tottenham. And so to write him off as being incapable of, of having uh, an attack-minded team or, or a team that can play with flair, especially with the players that he has at his disposal, I believe is um, remiss to be diplomatic um, and just, you know, perhaps a little foolish in, in all sincerity. We have to give him an opportunity. We saw our first manager get fired this morning, right? The Watford dude. I can't remember his name. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, right, he's gone. He's gone. It's so not often I TJ's it. When I look at Watford's record of managerials, yeah. you know, do, do we want to be like that? You know, do we do we want to be like that? Like, yeah, we, yeah. we we have to be able to roll with the punches. And again, like after three games, people, oh, you know, manager of the month, or maybe it is top four. Arsenal were talking about maybe we could do top four because they beat us last week. And you, you, we are two points off third. That's the Premier League, man. That's the beauty of it. Mm, you win yeah. one, you win two, and all of a sudden, hold on a minute, and then you lose one. It's just ah, oh, you know. <laughs> I can't remember the name of that chap who's very funny on Arsenal television. You, you get me blood, fam, that guy. You know, you're, you're a fraud, fam. You're a fraud. Like after the first three games, they lose. And they lose to Brentford. And then they go to Man City and they sing, you know, you're nothing special. We lose every week. And now they win a game and we're going to Europe. So mm. that's the Premier League. And so we do have to exercise, if we can, a little restraint and a little patience. I was, I was very pleased with what I saw today. Yeah. I love it. Patience and Spurs fans. Two things that I think combined. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, we've, we've, we've got very little over. Lee, Lee let's yeah, to you, couple, yeah. you. You was at the game, Lee. I mean, to be fair, look, it was a solid performance. You know, if we're going to name some players, we're going to come on to them in a bit more detail. But Skip, Hoybier, they were solid. Son was brilliant. Romero looked good. And Dyer looked so much more comfortable. I thought actually playing alongside Romero, I thought they actually complemented each other. Although, obviously, the goal conceded. You know, there's no doubt about that. It could have been, it could have been better dealt with. But um, Kane, he could have had a couple. He's actually looking for chances. And we could have put this one to bed by more. And in a weekly, well, let's be honest about it, on this show, um, it's upwards and downwards. We cover every single game. It feels like every single minute with Tottenham. Um, do you think there has been a change in Nuno? Of course, there has been that formation change in general now as we go to that 4-2-3-1. Uh, Did you feel there was a more comfortable side to watching Spurs play today? I feel, yeah, I think it was more balanced. I think that, you know, Skip and Hoiberg sitting in there. Um, and they're, they're not just, I mean, as, as Hoiberg proved today, right? He popped up and scored, right? So it's not, he doesn't just sit there completely and just guard the back, the back four all the time. 
Um, but I think I, I think that you know the, the key thing is that there's a little bit more balance. So you've already name checked him already, but I thought Emerson was uh, was royal today. Let's see what I did there. I think he was very very good, and uh, I think Romero was fantastic as well, clearing things out, doing things well, bringing the, I don't know bringing a little bit of a calm to uh, to the back. I mean. Danny Ings always has a good game against Tottenham. I don't know why we didn't sign him, to be honest. But you know, that's another that's another for another show. But um, you know, he always has a good game against us. They didn't get a sniff today, really. Didn't really get a sniff at all. I think they had three attempts on target. I think just looking at the blue book here, um, all game. So I think we kept them quiet. Um, a, a couple of niggly things I maybe you pick up when you're watching the game because you don't get replays and stuff like that. Is the way we're setting up at set pieces. What's really interesting, I was saying to the guys I was sitting with today, is that we don't seem to pick up any second balls from set pieces. So they were having some corners. And actually, if you look at everyone's inside the box, there's no one kind of hanging outside, just e even in the D area, to come and pick out these second balls. So what would happen is even if we cleared it out, it would get out to the kind of, you know, 20 yards, 25 yards out, and it would come back at us again. Do, do you see what I mean? And there was no one really there to kind of go... Even under Jose teams, in is it's set up to go on a quick, brief, um, you know, brisk counter attack. You'd have someone sitting there so that actually you can relieve that pressure and go on a, and counter attack. Does that make sense? So, and and that wasn't happening. So there's there's a couple of things there tactically. I thought um, there's still a conundrum that that he needs to solve, which is that midfield, which I'm sure we'll get onto, Rick, because you know you got Belly not in the in, not in the side today, which is a lot of people's uh, happy with. Uh, Geo played, you know, well <clears throat> if he could in midweek, um, and obviously scored a goal and an assist, but it was against Mura. And Dumbele plays again today, and you know he was sometimes non-existent on a pitch. And you've still got there's three players there. No, no one quite trusts. No one in that in that position is 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 somebody that's going. I'm going to have this game today. Are you with me, listeners? You are you with me, viewers? No one's going to. They they need to get get hold of the game. So I'm having this today. Who wants it? And 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 Delhi don't really want to do that. And Gio don't really want to do that. And Tunga don't really want to do that. And that's that for me is a problem. Is because there's there's some decision making in the final third that that actually if it was if if it was better decisions individual individually with players like you said, Rick, we could have gone and scored four or five. It, you know, no no problem. The problem is, and, and maybe maybe TJ, you're right. Maybe it is about getting things together and giving him some time and getting things to click because we've scored six Premier League goals in seven games, and that's just simply not good enough. You know, that's you know that is yeah. that's the reason why we've lost three on the bounce before today. Um, if that clicks, and obviously viewers is a big if, but if that clicks, we know we've got the firepower. We know that we can go and score. I mean, it, it, incidentally, Lucas's goal went down as an own goal, didn't it? Because to be fair, he didn't touch it. Um, to, to be fair to him, but I think he's second behind some of our goal scorers at the moment. Now, so worry, he was there though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex exactly. That. And I think that's, and I think that's, I think that's the thing is that you you want them players stepping up and doing doing not necessarily more. So I think they worked hard today, but actually when it matters, they just. I pick I pick up on a second uh, a second half point. Kane was through on goal. Probably scores out if he's if he's on form. Although he's coming back off hat trick. When the ball comes back out to him, he's tried to chip the goalkeeper. All he has to do is have, have a peace of mind to put put it to his right. It's it's three one, hundred percent, and he didn't do it. He went for a chip. They're the moments like Jeff you mentioned, right? It's uh, fine margins, and they're the moments that sometimes are costing us in football matches. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I want to come on to you just to discuss the manager a bit more detail. I mean, you've been up with him up close and personal. Um, I mean, it felt like today he needed a result and it was a much more improved performance. He actually got it right, you know, in terms of making the correct decisions on the day. And you look at that, say, that that, that switch to formation of 4-2-3-1. And I think it made a real positive difference to the team and to a lot of those key individuals. And I think the quick response to Villa's equaliser was so encouraging because we've seen it so many often with Spurs, you know, that... They can see the goal, the heads drop, and mentally they go to pieces. But I think what was really good today was to see that immediate comeback. I mean, what did you make of that for you? And also, I want to ask you as well, because we want to address elephant in the room. Obviously, you've had the chance of interviewing Nuno personally so far. Um, how have you found him just as a character? Does he does he fit you know, that this term Spurs manager, which many people just say he's not a Spurs manager? Um, where, where do you sit on that fence? Bear in mind, you've had the chance to meet him personally, as I say. Yeah, well, look, firstly, to answer your first question, because you asked me about 15 there, I'd, I'd say um, <laughs> you're not really, within the game, you don't really judge a, a, a team so much until the 10th game. I think that's that's the general sort of rule of thumb. Uh, obviously, we're here seven games in and it, it, we, you know, we feel like if he lost today, then we'd be really judging, right? We'd be losing our you-know-what. Um, but how how do I find him? Um, well, you, you know, I've read what, what the athletic wrote about in terms of people finding him quite um, aloof and distant and uh, he doesn't necessarily have those personable skills. And, and again, all right, the, the, the counter argument to that is, does he need to be everyone's best mate? Does he need to be like, you know, top man, the sort of guy you'd like to go out and have a, have a pint with, not necessarily as long as he gets results and does a job. My own personal uh, experience, it was really, it was really odd because again, Tottenham's my team. So I'm in there and I'm like, right, I've got to firstly remember not to say we and just say you or the club, uh, which is quite a strange, um, quite a strange thing to have in your head. Um, and then like, if I'm to be really honest, my, my first question wasn't really, I would have, I would have phrased it better. Um, but I was quite direct in that what I was insinuating. You knew what I was insinuating in terms of you know the team need goals. You need goals. Why have you left Kane and Son on the bench? It's a you know it's a it's a fair enough question. But um, as I say, for a first one from a technical point of view, when it comes to reporting, you know on on live game presentations, yeah. Especially if you haven't met a manager, really, you sort you sort of break them in, you ease them in, and then you can hit them with the more important questions. Because let's face it, is uh, it was always going to be a little bit sort of um, defensive just because he knows what's coming. He knows that you've got to ask him about current form, got to ask about selection. That's what I'm there to do. Um, and yeah, he just straight away was really abrasive and um, didn't necessarily want to want to answer any of my questions sort of beyond that because he just felt like he'd, um, he'd been, he didn't want to be backed into a corner, I think, is is how I would view it. But, you know, I kept rattling off my questions and just trying to get him to loosen up and, and talk a little. And um, uh, and after the game, again, you know, obviously with the relief of winning 5-1 and also I think for him, which was really key, was making those substitutions when he did because he was reactive. And I think that's how we judge, you know, fans um, will always say when a manager should or shouldn't have made substitutions and what difference that made. But, you know, that was very decisive. And uh, and as a result, you know, he would have probably been happy with Kane coming on and getting one and subsequently ended up being a hat-trick. But, um, but yeah, look, it's it's just, a, I'm sure he's a, he's, a, he's a really good guy. And I'm sure that, you know, in terms of using that rule of, like, let's just judge when it comes to the 10th game, um, I know that I know that he's going to learn uh, within games more than he maybe will on a training pitch, and he has to try his different formations. He has to probably try things that he hasn't tried before at Wolves or anywhere else. 
Um, and yeah, it's more realistic for us to sort of chat about, you know, what kind of manager he's going to be. I think Poch didn't necessarily start particularly well, um, when he was with us, you know, and I think that's a really important point. So it's just a, for us to maybe remain slightly, uh, open-minded, um, for, for me to maybe ask an easier question next time I meet him. Yeah. Jeff, can I, no, start, sorry, Rick, can I, Rick, sorry, mate, can I just ask Jeff, did you, when you're in and around the club as you, as you are, I mean, as, as, a, as fans going in, in and around the club, you get to see the kind of peripherals, obviously in the stadium, whatever, but when you're in and around the club and you're kind of, you know, you're, you're with the media guys and girls and you're with, you know, you're in the, in a mix of the club, can you feel a different sense? Can you feel a sense of what we feel on the, if, on the terraces, if you like? Is it, is there is there a bit of pressure? Could you could you kind of I don't know try and explain that to to, to the viewers? Is there that little bit of tensity there? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I was feeling it myself because I'm going in there as a supporter. Um, ordinarily, um, you're quite you disconnected by from. By, by the way, you were brilliant. Just so you know, it's just I, I thought you were outstanding I, to be fair. Cheers, I appreciate. It. I was kicking myself for not getting a photo of me interviewing Harry Kane. Like I, I don't know how I've missed the opportunity there. Um, for me, that was a real sort of box ticked, and I've just completely didn't do it. Uh, but anyway, listen to answer your question because it's a really important point. I think is that you go in there and you're quite disconnected from the emotion at clubs because it's not your club. Why would you have an emotion? Um, it's the, the most difficult part of the job is interviewing a manager that has just lost and is under extreme pressure because you're going to have to ask those difficult questions and they're going to hate you for doing it, you know, and it's, but you're not there to be anyone's mate. So I didn't mind Nuno reacting the way that he did. If if anything, you're sort of almost quite prepared for, for those moments because, uh, you know, it wouldn't be realistic for him not to be, why would he be chirpy and sort of upbeat when you know full well that I imagine it from, from his point of view, you know, he's coming at this job, this job's probably a real, upgrade on anything he's done before there's a real chance for him to to be ambitious and to take a big club and to to try and improve them and to try and really impose himself as potentially a top manager so you know he'd be devastated with the beginning especially as he was september's sorry not definitely weren't september's he was the august um, manager of the month wasn't he so like what, what a great start and how much that would have meant to him and then all of a sudden he might have felt like but you know we're potentially we're not as good as the results reflect. And if anything, that would be, you know, it'd be um, almost like uh, ironically a negative because you've got a, you're creating this expectation that you don't feel like um, the level you're at at the minute or where the team are at is necessarily going to be able to continue it. Um, Again, odd that we would then lose three games in a row. Um, But yeah, I I would just imagine that anyway, the win today, huge relief. You know, does he, I don't think he has those people skills. Like my, my, you know, not that I'm a a psychotherapist or anything. It's not my job to kind of judge people as to who they are because I spoke to him for 90 seconds for God's sake. But um, I would just imagine that, you know, an experience is, is odd because you come, you, you stood there. Um, I've been, I've done my apprenticeship in the National League, if you like, where you've really got to know managers and everyone's like really chatty and you can li- literally stand there for 10 minutes after the, the interview ends talking yeah, tactics yeah. and talking about everything, you know, and that's, that's what's so great about that. But obviously stakes are a lot, lot higher than, than obviously in the fifth tier. And, um, and as a result, they basically get wheeled out and it's, go you do the interview and there's no like oh cheers or shaking as it's very impersonal and uh yeah yeah, and they're off to do the next one because they're on a they're on a conveyor belt really of 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 media Uh, none of them probably want to do it uh they have to do it 
I think Jeff, you probably noticed as well. Nuno, from interviews, only from what we've read, I think he, you know, Fergie used to go to press conferences, and for him, it was almost like you know, actually part of the game was winning the press conference. Whereas yeah. Nuno, I can get that feeling with him that he just doesn't like the, the media in terms of doesn't want to really share too much. It's very kind of almost to the point, and that's it. He will ask your question, but he'll only give you the direct point. He won't give you any more than yeah. that. Do you see where I'm coming from? I listened to his interview post-match today with, I think it was yeah. Jeff Shreves that, that did it. And um, yeah. he's, he's because he's won, obviously, straight away, he's going to want to talk about the performance. He's going to want to talk about formation, what he did well, what the team did well. But the minute Jeff asked him about um, individuals, it, you could tell, like, in his response, it was just prickly again. It was like, you know, he, he would jump in and actually not even let Jeff finish his, his question. And that's that, for me, is, is I, you don't see that often. I don't think you don't see it with the really experienced Premier League managers because I guess they preempt it and I know what's coming. But his way of dealing with shutting down questions can come across, I think, a, a touch, a touch rude. OK, I mean, uh, just to bring it back to the game and Jeff, listen, we really appreciate our insight. Thank you so much for that. TJ, today's performance, um, I think many will feel that, you know, from a Spurs team, when you look at it, um, we've been asking for a side that would show, you know, heart, fight, passion, desire, creativity, actually making chances. Um, and I think today you know, it gave us a bit of encouragement to think, you know, today's a really good day. I know we said in the past that, you know, the Pochettino turning point was Aston Villa. And of course, that was an away game of the Harry Kane free kick. But for maybe different reasons, maybe this is the turning point for Nuno. I know there's loads of Spurs fans watching this live that are saying, not a chance, you're in dream world. I know there's many that made their mind up already. But in the context that what are we now, we're you know, with seven games into a Premier League season, we've got an international break round the corner. I think it's fair to say that um, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere at the moment. So um, j- just for you, TJ, how important was that reaction from the team to, you know, come back, fight adversity and show that determination to get that result? It's 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 everything. It's it's everything. Again, um, you know, being a fan of this, of this podcast and listening to so many stellar debates, um, one thing that, well, I suppose the one thing that fans demand is 100% effort. That's really all, all we ask for. And I think that, again, as Tottenham fans, we have to be um, pragmatic and understanding. However, effort is a decision. It's got nothing to do with your fitness. It's got nothing to do with your ability. It's got nothing to do with your technique. To give all of yourself, all of yourself, and listen, we don't know each other. I'm that person in everything. I do it to the very best of my ability, whether I'm playing football. And actually, Jeff, I just remembered we actually played football together. I was like, how do I know this dude? We played football together about a million years ago, back when I was living in, uh, in London. I'll, I'll remember when and where in a minute. But we demand that of our players. And so not, again, to talk about Nuno too much, but of course, he, he's going to be uh, responsible but the players are also responsible. Stand up. You know, give, give every. That's all we want, man. Give, give everything for, for the badge. Give everything for the shirt. And we saw that today. Yes, the formation was right. Yes, playing Ndombele further up the field when he gives the ball away doesn't matter so much. Yes, Skip and Hoybier were excellent. Yes, man, I thought Emerson was brilliant. Loads of energy. Sonny was next level. Romero made Dyer look like a player all of a sudden. Listen, Romero's passing, Madon, but his tackling was fantastic. And, you know, we Sergio uh, Reguilón, who I'm really 50-50 on at the moment, looked terrific. But that's effort, dude. That's effort. And that is really what we demand. So 
hats off to to Nuno and hats off to the players. You got to play like that, boys, because to be honest, like Lee said, we made a very very good side that just went to Old Trafford last week and turned them over. That's yeah. not easy. No. We made them look very ordinary. And actually, if we're going to have a gripe, and again, Lee saying he's very hoarse from singing songs rather than moaning, and isn't that pleasant? Um, <laughs> if we are going to have a gripe, why didn't you score five? Score five. You had yeah. so many chances to score more. But listen, we take we won. We take the three points. So yeah. happy day. So if our problem is, oh, we should have taken all of those opportunities, that's a real turnaround, man, because, guys, we were, we were, we were on a rapid decline. And, you know, the wheels can come off a football club very, very quickly. And so yeah. I'm extremely enthused and buoyed. And, and, and Ricky's saying, you know, guys out there saying we're in dreamland. We're Tottenham fans. We have to be in dreamland. What are we, we going to do? You know what I mean? We can't just go to the owner and go, could you give us a check for 500 million quid? I saw this bloke on FIFA. I thought he was really good. Could we buy him? Yeah, go on then. We're not that club, you know? And so you have to really give it your all because yeah. – this is one of the things I wanted to talk about today. Maybe not, not right now, because I don't want to go into a, a massive speech. But really, why are we suddenly in the era of football where a manager's job is choose the 11, set the formation, and buy players? Why don't you develop players anymore? Why don't you make players better? Again, if we look at that Pochettino era, who was a huge signing? Who was a huge cash signing? Nobody. Nobody. We made those players We didn't make any for 518 days. What's that, brother? We, we didn't make any signings at all for 518 no, days on the box. Nothing. So, and, but yeah. Lee, we smashed it. You're absolutely... Dude, we went two signings without signing anyone, right? Yeah, so minutes, yeah. what happened at that club under that tutelage of Pochettino and his training staff, which is very important. Don't, don't forget those guys. You know what I mean? It's very important. Make them better, man. And so for me, when I hear... Whether it's true or not, and, and again, I'm not like Jeff. I don't have the, the access to – I don't really know what's, what's happening. I suspect none of us really know what's happening unless you're in it. But when I hear a player or two players or five players or ten players complain about the attitude of the manager or complain about the atmosphere at the club, I swear that makes me want to kill people. It's like when an actor moans. I can't stand it when an actor, oh, they called me, you know, I was running 15 minutes late and somebody called me to say, well, don't be 15 minutes late then. You get paid a fortune to wear funny clothes and dress around and everyone treats you, kisses your ass because they have to do it, whether you're a good actor or not. And I've seen some shitty actors and they get treated like Meryl Streep. And then you want to get upset because somebody calls you to say, excuse me, where are you? Be on time if you don't want that phone call. It's the same with these guys. I totally agree. I, I totally Dude, agree. listen, I live in America, right? And I'm not, I love, football is my only thing. I can't stand American football or um, baseball. I can't stand it, right? I don't have time for it. I'm a football guy. But what I love to watch is any show or any series that is about American football. It's the best. It's the best because it's about moments. American football, let's talk. Maybe we try this, da, da, da. I throw it to you and then Jeff runs here and then Lee runs there and then Ricky's in the end zone. Let's try. And then I throw it and it doesn't work. doesn't matter. We have another conversation. We try to do it again. So as a live thing, I can't watch it. But as a TV show or a movie, it's the best. Now, look at how their coaches talk to those players. Even if they're eight years old, they talk to them like, they are, they're, like they're nothing. You think any of those guys going home, oh, I think the coach is grumpy. 
He's trying to get you to be better. So if, if he's grumpy, but he makes you better and then you score, you're going to hug him like you wouldn't believe. Remember how they used to hug Poch? You think he's telling yeah. them all the time, I love you, you guys are so great and cuddling them and bringing them cups of tea? No, man. He's working these guys two a days and they want to complain about two a days. Look mm. how fit we were under Poch. Yeah. Get better, man. Get better. I, I'm out. Right, CJ, so, so can I just, what do you think we need to do then in terms of getting the best out of Delhi? Because I think we're all a little bit hanging on to what he was and what we want him to emulate again. What do you think he needs from this yeah. manager? That's such a big one, Jeff. I mean, listen, again, listening to this show, I know Delhi is a player that really divides people. And, and, and the thing is as well about a player like yeah. Delhi. So, okay, when... No disrespect. I love and I have respect for everyone who, who plays the game. And I understand it's very difficult and we love it so much. And they carry a lot of responsibility. And listen, they're only young men. And a lot of them come from really bad backgrounds. And we often forget that as well, that they yeah. come from a very difficult place. And everyone has a bad day at the office, right? However, when Ben Davis has a bad game, we don't treat him like we treat Delhi when he has a bad game. The reason is, is because Delhi is so good, man. He's so good. It was like Ericsson last season. Like I used to say to people, like I got a lot of, you know, like I said, even of course I've got a bunch of my mates back home. We're all on a thread and we're constantly talking about Tottenham, Richard, Nadal, Steve, big up boys. And then my boys here, like Ted and Josh. And I've got a lot of people that I'm constantly talking football to. JB, what up, man? Um, and the thing is, is that when Ericsson would go missing towards the end of the season, we would smash him because when you're that good, if you drop off 10%, you're gone. And it's makes such a massive difference for us. And I think that's the thing, Jeff, yeah. is that when you know, he isn't firing, when he isn't yeah. firing, it's such a massive miss for us, dude. Mm. You know, you expect him to come out and just, just bam, you know, he was so, so good. And he's still yeah. so yeah. young. So I think how you get him back, I, I don't know, man. Is it an arm around the shoulder? Is it smack him a little bit? It's probably the latter. Because he's had so many cuddles. Yella, get on with it now. Get on with it and play. Maybe yeah. a smack. That's why it's so frustrating with Tungai as well, right? It's the, it's the same situation. When you look at Tungai and Dembele, it's a very, very uh, similar situation. You, the, the thing is with Dele, you know he's got the talent. You know he has. And everyone on this show, I'm not going to go on about him too much because I'll get pelters for loving him too much. But, you know, Jeff, you did bring it up, to be fair. But, you know, with Dele... It, it, He's done it. He's done it. He's done the business in the Premier League, right? And that is very, very hard to do. You look at a Jesse Lingard who was doing the business in the Premier League before he, he dropped off. And you look at Delhi versus Lingard and Delhi was miles in front of him. And then Lingard's had a real dip. He's had some problems, uh, you know, in his private life or whatever it might be. He's had to go out on loan to another Premier League club, rediscover his form. He's got himself back into the England side. Now he's scoring goals again for, for, for Man United. Maybe that's what needs to happen with Delhi. Maybe Delhi needs to go and find find himself again elsewhere, but and then, and then come back. But the, the problem that I see with Delhi is that, like I think you said it just a minute ago, we're still hanging on to what he can, what he what he was before. But because what he was before, and I think TJ is perfect there, he was bloody brilliant. That's why we're hanging on to it. I, I remember sitting. I mean, he's, he's always divided opinion. As somebody mm -hmm. just uh, um, said about flicks and tricks. Tungo and Dembele is the same. Flicks and tricks. The problem is, if they don't try them, when one of them comes off, they're an absolute genius. And that, that is the difference in the game. If you don't yeah. try the flicks and tricks, sorry, Rick, then you'll never know if you can do them or not. Do you get what I mean? 
I, I think what also is key to bring up is that if you look at, and I'm not putting Spurs in this category at the moment because we're, we're not there, but if you look at the likes of Chelsea, City, Liverpool, um, would those clubs be patient and wait for a player after two to three seasons to come back to that elite form? I don't think they would do. I don't think they would wait for Lacelso. I don't think they would wait for Ndombele. I don't think they would like, wait for Deli Ali. Jeff, you've got your hand up there. Do you disagree? Uh, yeah, you Chelsea think? have just given Loftus Cheek and Barkley a, a, another go. They stuck them in yesterday and they look quality, both of them. So uh, uh, that, that's just one or two examples. Yeah. But mm. sometimes it's, you know, there's a psychological block. And, and again, it's not our area of expertise as fans. We just, you know, did they turn up or not? But there's something stopping him from getting back to where he was and I'm just intrigued as to what that is. Yeah, it's I, I totally e- agree. E- isn't it? Like in darts, you know, sometimes they get dartitis, don't they? And they can't, all of a sudden they just can't throw a dart. Like you did, they, they've lost the plot. They can't do it anymore. And that's, maybe yeah. he's got some, like you said, a psychological block. I mean, I, I hope he gets it back. I, I hope he yeah. does. What I would say, John, just to finish on Delhi, because we've got to go for a quick break um, for our listeners on audio. Um, what I would say is that when I saw the reaction today, of the joy of so many Spurs fans of Deli Alley not in that team. Um, it actually made me feel quite sad. And and not because I don't disagree that Delhi shouldn't be in the starting eleven at Tottenham, because I feel at the moment Delhi isn't good enough and isn't contributing enough to be a first team player at Tottenham. But it just made me feel quite sad just to see the amount of people actually taking so much joy in the fact that Delhi wasn't in the team. And um I think we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, Jeff, like you say, psychology for a for a guy. And I think it's I think you have to bear in mind that sometimes there is a human in there. And I think sometimes we lose that sense of, you know, a footballer. You know, they have got emotions too. And of course, you know, ultimately for the job they do on the pitch, they've got to be good enough, you know, in terms of being a footballer. Um, and I have to say at the moment, I don't think Delhi's good enough to go in that first 11. But um, before we go for our quick break, Jeff, I will come around back to you, I promise you. I'm just going to give a flavour of some of our listener questions that we've had here. we had over 50 come in. Um, so this is from Mark Butcher, who says, a much better performance, especially from Emerson Royale, Christian Romero. We're going to come on to those guys. Padre J says, a step in the right direction, showed something more up top, showed some fight. Sonny was Superman. Romero is the real deal. Perhaps a bit of sun in the garden this week, smiling face with the sunglasses on in terms of this pod. Um, Darren at Darren Blake says, much better performance. Maybe I'm taking it for granted, but this was a fixture I expected us to win and we did make it hard for ourselves, but I don't want to get carried away. Still not keen on the tactics, although the players were good and performed better. Sam Lewis says, huge, huge win. Proper team performance. That has to be up there in terms of the performances so far this season. And Matt Turnbull says, we look much more comfortable in a 4-2-3-1 formation. I agree. And I say, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for a quick break. Uh, taking you into this break, you're going to hear from Nuno Espirito Santo and also from Hummin Son who give their reaction to Spurs returning back to winning ways in the Premier League. Well done. I can just see how much that means on your face. Of course. It means for us. It means for the fans. It was important. And it was a hard game, the way we respond, the way we play. It's a big, big moment for us. Tell us about the performance, because this is a tough side we've played today. Yeah, yeah, Villa is a very good side. Uh, but we started well the game. Um, we control it. We create chances. We, we produce a fantastic goal with Pierre. The way he started and mm. finished the action was really, really good movement. We had something that we improved on. We concede and we react. That is important in, because football you can concede. And we made a step forward in that, in that opportunity and that was more goals in this game, I think. We, we had enough chances to, to kill the game in our favour. I'm sure you'll also be impressed with the way we defended those set pieces. Yeah. Those balls were coming into our box. Yeah, and the difference, the difference of, of fighting the, in the players. Every Villa is a very good team. 
and they have this weapon of, of throw-ins with the big guys they, they put in the box. We deal well. It's not about the first contact, it's about how fast you react to the second ball, and the, the boys did, did really well. You mentioned about the home factor after the Mura game. When you've got 60,000 fans singing, oh, when the Spurs go marching in with five minutes to go, and they're all determined for us to hang on, that's when it counts, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's the best that you can have. And uh, to the game every, 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 every moment. Our fans are, are important. Our home factor with this beautiful stadium is huge for us. We need, and now we give them back. It was not the moment to ask, it's to give them back. I think we give them, the boys did, did very well. They worked very hard. And it's been tough in the schedule that we have. The moment that we are to go and react like this, we give back to the fans the support that they give us. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, well, full credit to everyone because we've come from a tough place yeah. this time last week, haven't we? But midweek today, back on track. Yeah, let's go. Let's go and, and improve. We still have things to improve. Now the boys go to the international break. Hope this goes well for us. Uh, just hope that they return healthy. Nuno, good to see you smiling again. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Take care. <laughs> Tell us how much this mean this win means today. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot. I think feels uh, feels amazing because uh, we had a couple of tough weeks and uh, it was just it was just so, so hard to take it. And uh, yeah, before we go away, especially international, that feels so so good and which is. Um, we, big, uh, we take a big responsibility for the fans as well. Obviously, they don't deserve this uh, this feeling. So, and uh, yeah, it's just feels so good. You can tell how much it meant to you, Sonny, just by the look on your face after you set up the winning goal. You've absolutely gone mad there on the on the on the touchline next to the fans. Just shows what it means, though, Sonny, doesn't it? No, it's because what I said before, I think they don't deserve it, and we don't obviously want to play like that. And sometimes football is all about result, but it means a little lot. Because um, it's been tough, tough September. Before, after international break, we're coming here and uh, we defeat three games. And uh, yeah, just I want to share the feeling that we want to, we take a big responsibility, and uh, I hope they feel uh, the passion. And uh, we don't want to give up, you know. And we want to always uh, give our give, give our best. So that's what I want to show, and it means it means a lot. And they were sharing with me. Tell us about the performance today then, Sully, because this is a Villa team that have gone to Old Trafford and won last week. They're strong, the set pieces are dangerous, but we deserve to win that game. Yeah, I think so, I think so. But obviously I wasn't playing and then I thought like we completely deserve it to win. And I think we want to play. Even when we lose the ball, we take a big responsibility. We react straight away. We want to win back uh, again without the ball. We are enjoying uh, pressing as well. So I think which is, uh, which is uh, really important. And this wins. It's not everything. Everything, everything means it's uh, after the season. So it's a great win, and but we have to start from zero again. So yeah. we need a we need a that uh, uh, we need a that uh, mindset up. It's uh, so so important that uh, coming the season as well. Pierre on the score sheet today. Great goal as well, wasn't it? Can't believe it. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously I'm so happy, and honestly I give him assist, but. Hardest job Pierre and Lucas did it, so I think uh, I'm very happy to them because for them because um, they work really hard for the team and they take a big responsibility for the team. So everyone deserves a goal, but I'm very happy for Pierre and Lucas as well. And just finally, just what you said, the, the important thing here, we've come from a very tough place this time last week to win in midweek and we've won here today. Now we take it forward, right? So 
sometimes, uh, for example, it's a mount. Sometimes you go up. When you reach the reach the goal, you're coming down. But it's like it's like this, you know. We can't we can't go always up. Sometimes we have a bad run, but we have to stick together as a as a player, as a as a fan, as a, as a, this club as well. So I think it's really really important that we stick together, even tough times. So which is they did, and we did as well. So I hope the the time to mount to go up again. So with a, with a good feeling. With the positive energy from everybody, from the player, from the staff, from the fans, which is the the club should be much higher than where where it is right now. So, Sunny, well done today. Thank you very much. Because eh? I just want to touch upon the the team selection going into this game, because I think it's fair to say, um, as always, when a team selection comes out on Spurs Twitter, um, at, was it three o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon? You see the reaction it causes. There's always an uproar. But this one saw three changes from the North London derby. We saw uh, Emerson Royale, Romero and Skip replace Tanganga, Sages and Delhi Straight from kickoff, you could see that it was an operation of 4-2-3-1. Tsungi and Dombele is an advanced number 10 in that role. And would you quite happily to see that change of tactics from Nuno and also Deli Ali on the bench? Yeah, I mean, we think we, we talked about this, didn't we, in the group before the, uh, over the last couple of days on the WhatsApp group that we have, and what would you play? We knew that Villa was going to set up as a three at the back, and, uh, you know, they, they play high up. They've got uh, three in the midfield as well. So I thought it was always going to be important that we, you know, that we we don't lose our battle in midfield. Our midfield against Arsenal was basically non-existent, right? It didn't even, it didn't even exist. When you go back after what how he's chopped and changed, I think we started with three defensive midfield against Crystal Palace. So, you know, I think he got it right today. Um, you know, uh, like I say, the conundrum is Delhi, Gio, and Dembele. I think all three of them could potentially play there. You can throw Hill in that situation as well. You know, whether or not he comes in from the left or he plays in the number 10. You could put Lucas down the middle. Um, you know, a, a lot of people, no one's ever going to forget the fact that he scored a hat-trick here, a, 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 against Ajax in Amsterdam. And he was playing down the middle that day. So, and, and all of his goals that he scored that day would come through... For, Come, come from being down the middle. So now he's got the ability to do that as well. So there's, I, I was happy with Romero coming in. I thought he was excellent today. Um, uh, love, lovely to see Emerson as well. I mean, I think he gives us that natural attacking fullback. Um, a lot of people sort of said that he's, he's better going forward than he is defending. But again, I was it. I was in the South Stand when he done that uh, amazing tackle uh, in the first half against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. And again, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was absolutely brilliant uh, for, from a defensive perspective as well. So. I was pleased to see that that lineup. I think us Tottenham fans are very used to, aren't we? That four-two-three-one. You know, it's it's the formation that got us to, or has brought us the most joy um, over the last kind of six. I know, I know, talking about Tottenham and joy at the moment is probably not the the best two words to use, but you know, over the last kind of six, seven years or so, it has brought us joy that four-two-three-one. So, it, and it also from a Nuno perspective, it is good to see that he's changing it up. Um, because he, you know, he has been a stickler for four three three, which which hadn't been working so so well. So I was pleased with the um, with the formation and the the attacking intent. I did think that Kane did roam about a bit today. Like Jeff Wright at the beginning of the show talked about the Kane scenario. I thought Kane did roam about a little bit down the left sometimes, down the right sometimes. But he also did stay quite up top, you know, more up top this this game in a hole than what he had been before. He wasn't dropping deeper. And that's maybe because there was a bit more trust in the likes of Anandam Ballet in that kind of number 10 role. Um, but again, I, I mean, I'm disappointed with Anandam Ballet, I have to say, even today, even again today, like the amount of 
nothingness that he creates. Sometimes we're on a different wavelength. Sometimes he puts a ball through that no one else sees. Maybe it's because his mind works different to other people. Maybe he's that good. No one else can, you know, can keep up in that way. But, you know, just just the, some of the basics that TJ was so uh, animated about earlier, about, you know, that heart and that effort and that, no, no, in a good way, TJ, to be fair, but he, he just doesn't have any of that. It doesn't feel like he wants to be there. He never plays with a smile on his face. It's always seemed like it's a, a laboured effort with Tungo and Dembele. And I just feel that, you know, whatever that is, that, you know, maybe he's got a mental block as well, but whatever that is, if he can get rid of that and play with a smile on his face, he, he could be absolutely out. He could be the... We said it coming off the uh, out of ground today. There's so many murmurs and stuff, and everyone's happy. And one of the lads turned around to me and said, "You know, Tungo and Dembele, what is Matt with him? He reminds me of Adebayor. Adebayor could have been the great striker in the world, but he just didn't fancy it. He just didn't want to do the effort." And 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 uh, and Dave said today, he said Tungo and Dembele could be the best best player in the Premier League. You just don't fancy yeah. it. For some, I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, Jeff, when I come over to you. Um... Spurs do score, and it's a lovely goal to get us on our way. And Romero making that crucial interception, eventually to Hoybier and Son breaking up the pitch, and it ends with a day who curls a low finish in that bottom corner. And to be fair, you know, I mean that was a quality finish from Hoybier. I didn't actually think he had that kind of finish in him. And um, how important was the timing of that goal for you in that game, Jeff? Uh, for me, it's his first touch that sets him up. Such a good first touch that he just saw. Obviously, all he had to do is shape it in the corner. In terms of the timing of it. It's, it's it's our reaction, isn't it, to go in to go in uh, or to them equalising? That's um, the most pleasing for not, Obviously, not that that was the the, the second goal, um, but I, I think any time to, <laughs> to 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 go one up. Certainly in the first hour, you see Nuno's um, yeah. previous statistics from Wolves and how we don't score first half goals, and it was great that that we just saw a different. Um, all the things we've been worried and apprehensive about, you know, that seemed yeah. to be. The opposite. Uh, they got off to a better start, so you know. But we're at home, and we should be sort of in the ascendancy, and that 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 obviously proved to be the case. But yeah, taking our chances. Uh, we've had, until Harry starts scoring these goals in the Premier League, then everybody's got to chip in. And and you're right, it was quite an unlikely candidate, wasn't it? Yeah, the reason why I asked you about the timing, Jeff, is because um, I think a game like that today, um, with the pressure on the manager generally, I think if we go into that second half and it is still nil-nil, and naturally the crowd it isn't the you know the t- record attendance today, it is a lower attendance than normal. You just start getting those creeps, those niggles start coming. That's why I think you know to score first half, the timing we did, I thought was so important in terms of setting the tone for the game that we wouldn't be in that situation later on. Although there was that equaliser, I think scoring that first half did make a little bit of a difference. Well, it, it relaxed me. I don't know about everybody else watching and listening, but, you know, to see that we're 1-0 up at half-time, it sort of also did the, the impact it will have on the players, knowing that after the other night, again, irrespective of the opposition, we've, we've hit five and here we are scoring again. So we're in the game. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a little while, I guess, since, well, it's been, obviously just been a week, but, you know, you're, you're almost apprehended, but can we do it in the Premier League? Please let us, like, put in a performance so that I can go into this international break as a fan feeling like, you know, we're not, like, we're not really um, up you-know-what street. Um, so, yeah, it just brought us back to, like, oh, actually, all right, it's not maybe as much of a crisis as as we've told ourselves, and we don't need to panic as much as we possibly have been. I agree. I do. Um, you know, it's funny because I thought Hoy on a day, I think he was a big presence in that midfield. And I know there's been a few over the last couple of weeks with Hoy I've seen a couple of murmurs and a couple of moans about him. But I've, I've said this before that, you know, I think we have to take into account at times, 
I think the guy's doing three or four players different jobs. I mean, I, I look at him sometimes and I think that Arsenal game, I mentioned this on another show, I think he looks around thinking, I, I just can't be doing this. I think he's he's he's, he's emotionally mentally knackered as well as physically as well. I mean, last season, we, we really did, I think, burn him to the ground, Hoybier, to a point where I think towards the end, he was so drained. And I think, you know, he, he came from Southampton, which I think he thought for Spurs was an upgrade of a move. And I think, you know, at times he must have thought, God, the amount of work I'm having to do here, what, you know, what, you know, I think it's just really, really tough. And um, TJ, I just want to discuss, you know, the equaliser, um, because... Let's be honest about it. At 1-0, I think any Spurs fan will tell you, uh, and as you probably know as well, we're never safe at 1-0, probably not 2-0, probably not 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0. We're never safe. You know I'm going with this. But um, I, I believe I think... we were actually having that conversation over Twitter when they equalised. <laughs> so, uh, so... Even, even though Spurs were on top in terms of the possession, you could yes. just sense there was that worry that Villa were going to score. Um, and, you know, you look at it, it's, it's a case where we're, we're punished for not taking our chances. And, you know, the goal comes with moments there where kind of Romero overcommits on a challenge. Um, defensively, when you look at the team, although, like I say, Romero's coming in again to try and find his role in a new back four, have you got confidence that will grow throughout the season, him and Dyer? Do, yes, do you I think do. that will work? Yes, I do. I mean, so to go back to the equaliser, I mean, um, I mentioned to Lee as well, my brother Nadal was at the game today with his son, um, Xavi, and, and we were talking a little bit. And it was completely against the run of play. Now, that's that's Tottenham. Again, we, we you know, we're nowhere near a finished article yet. Everybody is, is aware of that. Um, however, there were so many positives today. But unfortunately, you know, with, with the goal, um, and again, Lee and I were talking about um, Tongi earlier, I may be wrong in this, but I believe there was, how can I put this diplomatically, a languid attempt at a clearance where he sort of cushioned the ball. And I believe it landed straight at the feet of McGinn and then it was pinged around a little bit and ended up on the on the left. And, and I think it was probably Target who put it in and then um, Ollie Watkins knocked it in. So, um, listen, every time we concede a goal, I'm going to be irritated as as most Tottenham fans. And you're going to look at it and go, you know, that was poor defending or this was poor or this was poor. But again, not to use too many footballing cliches, but, you know, every, every player has to defend. I mean, you know, it's probably still Harry Kane that wins most def uh, defensive headers from corners and from set pieces and what have you. So everybody has to take responsibility. And actually, this is going to be a beautiful segue <laughs> into um, uh, Hoybier. I mean, I'm a massive, massive fan of his because again, you know, we don't know each other. Um, and again, I don't know if there's anyone who's watching or listening to this that does know me, but I am very much a hundred percent. How you do anything is how you do everything type yeah. person. Um, and I'm not saying I'm terrific at everything. No, not even near that. But if I'm going to do something, I will give it 100%. And Pierre is, Hoybier is that player. We've often talked as well, We, you have often talked on this show, how we lack leaders. Can anyone say that this man isn't a leader? He is 100% a leader and an inspirational yeah. leader. We've also mm -hmm. talked about, and I actually agree with you, Ricky, I know you're of the opinion that you're not a fan of the captain of the team being the goalkeeper. He's just too far away from things. Yeah. For example, um, uh, Jaffet getting sent off. And I adore Jaffet, but calm down. Calm down. Why wasn't someone come up to him and say, listen, man, I love you to pieces, but if you commit one more foul, relax. Well, you know what said, I mean? said, Where, where's yeah. that guy? I'm telling yeah. you, Pierre is that guy. You know, yeah. I'm, I mean, listen, like a lot of people in Scandinavia, his English is superb. 
Um, he's got a great voice. His, the engine on the guy is, is unbelievable. He played every second under Jose. He played every second for Denmark. They went all the way to the semis. And now he's playing every second for us. And you know what, mate? You're right that he is doing the job of three or four players, but he's capable of doing so. And more of that, dude, so much of life and so much of football is grit. Grit tenacity and he has it in spades so do i believe that that defense will that back four will be will be more um self-assured and more reliable a hundred percent i believe romero is a big part of that but it starts at the top of the pitch and works its way down you can't expect a battering ram and for them just to, to stand everyone has to take responsibility in uh, defending as they do in attacking and that's modern football as we know you know, so yeah. yes, I'm I am enthused, but everybody has to continue to shoulder the burden, so we don't have players like Hoybier doing doing three people's uh, job. What upset me about the goal was actually Dyer not anticipating the ball across the front post. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we've been there quite a few times with him, and I, I just want him to to sort of as his his game obviously this season has improved significantly, and I think the people. That he's playing with is is helping as well. Um, but yeah, I just felt like he that that cross was always coming in, and it's maybe his job to intercept and get across the front of it. I completely yeah. concur, and I I think that um, under Romero again, these will these are going to be things that he learns. Um, and actually, similarly to uh, Hoybier, I believe Dyer will understand. I actually have to do less than when I play with either Rodon or, 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 or Sanchez. Yeah. Or yep. Tanganga. I have to do less. So what I do have to do, I will be able to do to a far higher standard because I really have a very, very gifted player right next to me. Uh, again, I, I, it was wonderful to hear, Lee, uh, I would be interested to hear because you were there today. Every time Romero made one of those interceptions, of which there were a multitude, this enormous roar from the crowd, because again, he imbues us with confidence and with strength and again with leadership. And I know his English isn't there yet. He's been in the country about 15 minutes. But I think when he gets some English, and of course, we have such a special bond with Argentinian players, I think yeah. he's going to be a very special player for us. I do want to ask Lee on that. Lee, you know, it yeah. was his interception that for Spurs on the break led to Hoybier's goal before the half hour mark. And then there were some really good moments. It was, you know, that late lunge at the end that kind of left him out of position. But on the whole, I think it was such an impressive performance for Romero. And like I think TJ says there, I think he does exude confidence, you know, in terms of, you know, for fans, I think we have looked for this kind of transformative defender that's going to reassure us at the back. I've still got massive reservations whether the guys next to him are going to work long-term. But I think in Romero, we may have found that player we've been looking for. How impressed was you by him today, Lee? Yeah, really impressed. And uh, he loves defending. And that that's the first and foremost. That's the bit that you, I think you're talking about there, TJ, as well. He's like, he loves defending. There's there's one guy in world football that absolutely loves it. And we all know it's Chiellini. And when, when he makes a tackle, he just goes mental as if he scored a goal for it. And the passion and enthusiasm in there, it's just amazing. Like, if Romero can be can be that for us, you know, he's going to, don't get me wrong, to be as good as Kalini, not being funny, I'm not putting the pressure on him, but he's very, very well assured. I think I think he gives a, an air of um, just calm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just a bit calm at the back and like, yeah, we can... And when he's going out and clearing things out and heading things out, he's doing it with purpose. And it's not just whacking it into row Z either. You know, so he's assured he's coming out with the ball as well. Very impressive. He's obviously clear this is his best game that he's played for us so far. I don't think he's 
he's played too many games for us, you know, it's clearly not in the Premier League. So, and the problem with Romero is going to be this Argentinian 14-day, 10-day, you know, situation going on again. Yeah. I, I, you know, and when we started talking about, you know, to be fair to Jeff and TJ, you both kind of back Nuno in a sense of, look, it's not been 10 games yet. And, you know, he's had a lot to deal with. That's another thing that he's had to deal with. That us, us sometimes us fans, we just go, yeah, whatever. Let's, you know, but he's coming into the Chelsea game with with three of three of the team that he wants to pick. They, they can't even be picked. They've been training away in Croatia for God's sake. Absolute nightmare situation. So, and Romero being one of them. Do you imagine if Romero coming with no knocks at all, walked straight into that team um, with no no Argentine? The, the other results may have been different. They may they might not have, but they may have been different. Yeah. I think the other thing as well, from a defending perspective today, is that we were higher up the pitch. And there was there was there was periods in the first probably 15, maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so, where we were still quite deep. And I was saying to the guys, I was saying to Andy actually next to me, look, we need to, I always believe that we need to push up and take a risk moving forward a little bit more. You know, defending almost on your halfway line rather than actually defending on your 18-yard box. And, and I think in the second half, that was uh, or certainly after we scored, that was much better. We started to push up more. Maybe that was um, that was Romero's uh, influence in the back in the back line as well. But now certainly with uh, Emerson uh, going up that right hand side as well, and Reggie on the other side, we wasn't afraid to to, to push up and to push out. And again, I, I generally believe that's how we should be playing because it gets us on the front foot. It gets the ball into areas of the pitch where. The, if if the opposition lose that ball in that in the area of the pitch, you can pounce, and that's what we used to do so well in days. But I'm not going to mention his name. I've talked about him previously so many times. But under different managers, that we say that's what we used to do so well. Is the, yeah. yes, have that press, but actually do it higher up the pitch. So when you, when you nick the ball, even under Jose, even under Nuno at certain times, what was it last season when Lucas nicks the ball? I think it might have been against Palace. When Lucas nicked the ball, and, you know, in in their final third, in in, um, in our uh, final third, and then all of a sudden, you know, we go off and score. They're the moments, and actually, if you push the defenders 15, 20 yards further up the pitch, you can create their moments. I think you have to back yourself with having the speed, if you like, to get back if if a ball goes in behind uh, or or, or, um, or or over the top. But yeah, I really like him. I think he's uh, he's a very very good player for us. I think he's going to be good. Jeff, coming over to you. you. I mean, you brought up Eric Dyer. And feel free, you know, feel free to also add to Romero the love for him if you wish. But um, I wanted to ask you on Dyer purely on the basis that you know there was plenty of blocks, plenty of interceptions in that first half. But you know, as you said, he had to come across to cover for Romero in a build-up to Villa's goal. He left that space in behind for Watkins to score. And um, do you genuinely feel that he's still good enough for Tottenham, Eric Dyer, in terms of a centre-back pen with Romero, or do you think that Spurs are going to have to go back into the transfer market to look for another? <laughs> I use this term transformative defender to play alongside Romero because in the summer it was clear Spurs are after just more than one defender, more more than one centre back. So does Dion still be with confidence? Um, again, I, I love the fact that it's Romero that instills the confidence and he's going to improve whoever he's playing next. So I think Dyer has earned our, um, our respect, let's say, for the way that he started this season because they were throwing themselves in front of absolutely everything. I, I remember being at Wolves away and just uh, marvelling like, in, in how we got away with that. And uh, a lot of it was to do with their finishing and a lot of it was to do with us putting uh, bodies, bodies in the way. Um, but uh, he's another one for me. He's a little bit like Delhi in that he he sort of started off up there in our estimations, and then he had a bit of a dip. So you don't become a bad player overnight, nor 
you know, within a season either. But, you know, mentally you have to still want to be at the club. You want to have to still, um, you know, we don't know how his near sort of transfer to Man United might have might have impacted on him. Maybe he saw that as that's what he wanted. Um, and, and ever since then, maybe has it been underwhelming that he's sort of stood at the club? Because that's going to be the case for a few people. We talked about uh, Ndombele earlier and, and how, you know, what's what's wrong with him. And I think it's because he made it quite plain and clear that he didn't want to be at the club anymore. And some some people are more professional about it than others. I think Harry's one of them. Is, he'll be very professional about it because he's got goals to score to maintain his own um, standards, if you like, and so obviously warrant you know whatever happens when we do lose him. But um, but whereas others don't care, uh, they're collecting their their dough and they're just going to sort of uh, sit there until the next mar- uh, uh, window comes along and they're and they're off out. But anyway, so to to answer your question, Dyer um, much improved. There's obviously always going to be aspects of his game to 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 improve, but um, <laughs> but I think he's done he's done well enough for us to be like okay. All right, let's let's see where this develops. Then. One final one, Jeff. Before I go over to TJ, do you think Roden can count himself very unlucky to not have had more of a look in so far? Because I know it's a, a point that's come up quite often. Do you think he's been unlucky to not have had more game time so far, Roden? It seems to be last in the pecking order, doesn't he? And and obviously the managers see see him all day in training. They put Sanchez in front of him, Dyer in front of him, um, and obviously Romero, who's just come in, who's bought to obviously go go in first choice. Um, I, I work with a, a lad from Swansea who supports Swansea. He's like, you've got one hell of a player there and he'll be one of the top defenders in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think most lads who, who support his previous club would would have done and, and have and have said that. So so maybe, look, they don't. this doesn't always develop as quickly as we'd like it to as fans. We, we want them to come in oven ready and sometimes actually there's there's an element of them sort of making a few mistakes, learning for those mistakes because it is, no doubt, it's a completely... You know, it's a massive step up, isn't it? So, so again, maybe next season is when he comes good. He might not come good, <laughs> and that's the that's the the problem with the transfer market is how do you know which ones are going to come off and which don't? And at Tottenham, I don't think we ever get. Um, you know, they don't always come off for us today. No, I think it's fair to say the last couple of years. Well, I think Lee, you you cracked me up, Lee, when we said, uh, "Paratus, all this great work he's done. <laughs> Where's he gone the last couple of weeks? He's gone off. He's gone off on holiday. They had a break. <laughs> Left us yeah, Amazing. He's, if you're on the bench again today, we win. Can make it up. Can, can we just get on that bench up. family? Can we just stick on that bench family? You couldn't make this stuff up though, could you? I know. I know you've got to go over to TJ, but literally, like he play, he's on the first three games, he's on the bench with Steve Hitching, giving it large, and you know doing more hand gestures than myself and TJ tonight, and we win three nil, right? And uh, we win three games, sorry. And then you can't. You he's not around for love nor money. We lose them all, and then he comes back, we win. But Nuno doesn't. So Nuno will stand there, as you know, and he's not really, he doesn't gesticulate at all. Is that an issue? I think your modern coach manager tries not to feel like they're playing the game for players because they're firstly, they're professionals at the top level. And secondly, the view is if you've done your job in the week leading up to the game, then you don't need to stand there screaming and shouting. Um, I think that's more for us fans. We, we like passion. I don't think the players necessarily need it. I'm not worried about Nuno screaming or shouting. I just thought is you could not make the fact up that Paratigi's on the bench for three games. We win them. He's not on the gate. The bench for three games. We lose him. He's back. We win one again. Now, yeah. Then maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe it puts the maybe him gestating or whatever. Like puts the willies up. Everyone else. Who knows? We never I find mean, out. If we stick CJ down, then we must be winning the league. Surely, if we get him on the bench for the <laughs> as well. 
You get a few aeroplanes landing in there, though, as well. Listen, aeroplanes, trophies, we'll take anything, Jeff. I tell you, we'll take anything. TJ, let's stick with you um, because Spurs did immediately retake the lead um, after that equaliser from Watkins for Villa. Song got down the left hand side, beat his man, fired a low ball across to Lucas, who smashed it in at the back post. But I mean, um, just to focus on Son, because I just think this guy, I mean, the amount of love I've got for him, you know, at a time when you look at Spurs and we are, as I said, going through yet another transitional season. It feels like we say that for the last, God knows, 15, 20 seasons of transitional, that word. But um, Son just so much impressed me in just terms of his love for the shirt, his love for the club, um, love for the fans. And Jim, like I say, I saw that interview today he gave to Spurs TV after the game uh, to Milesy. And um, again, I think Son is one of those players in that squad that genuinely is quite hurt by that performance against Arsenal. And I think the way he spoke from the heart that's what really does appease to many, many Spurs fans. And it's funny because when Son signed that contract in the summer, as much as I'm a Tottenham fan, I was absolutely delighted in signing it. Part of me thought, is this guy crazy? Is this guy crazy committing his future to Tottenham? And don't get me wrong, listen, he's adored by the club. And when you see quotes, you know, he wants to win the trophies with Tottenham. And we all want that, don't get me wrong. But um, how impressed are you with him? Because he's just become now, for me, just that kind of next level up, Son. And almost to a point where he actually enjoys the responsibility on his shoulders now. Yeah, he's, um, listen, he's my favourite Tottenham player. Uh, and he very quickly became my favourite Tottenham player as soon as he arrived. Um, partly because uh, he plays with a smile on his face. Um, I do believe he's a gentleman. I know people were talking about, who was it? Was it the, um, Gomez at um, Everton? You know, that hor- horrific in- injury that he suffered. Um, yeah. And people were talking about, oh, you know, Son did something intentionally, whatever. And that he was very, very quickly um, um, excused from, you know, any kind of wrongdoing. And it really hurt him. He cried. Um, and so, again, to hark back to what Jeff was saying about how, fans want to see a manager behaving on the sideline this sort of very stoic statuesque person you know and it also the sort of the gray beard and the, this the, his stature that doesn't um enthuse fans or perhaps uh uh illustrate to us that that you really care um i remember a couple of seasons ago when you know when conte was at chelsea i can't remember they were away somewhere and they'd scored like a last minute goal or something and the guy ran along and was hanging off the top of the dugout and kind of doing chin-ups i mean it was just the most extraordinary thing and you know that's what we want to see from from our managers if you're not that kind of personality fine fake it dude fake it um but as far as sunny goes there's no one i mean i think it actually was on the tottenham twitter thing today Maybe it wasn't. Um, actually, it might have been um, John Wenham, who's like a, a guy that I adore, is a good mate of mine on Twitter, you know, um, Lily yeah. White Rose. I know he's going to be on the show actually soon. Um, I yeah. think it was maybe him who posted something. No one is more coised than than Sonny. And mm. he's right. Um, if that wasn't you, mate, just gave you a massive compliment for no reason. But I'm sure he would have said you something absolutely fabulous. You won't mind. <laughs> right. So, you know, Sonny... There was this debate for a while, who would who would we rather lose? You know, would it be Harry or, or Sonny? I believe that ship has sailed, no? I don't believe anyone's going to say, oh, Harry is more important than Sonny. No, well, not a chance. Yeah. You know, not, not, yeah. not a chance. And it's not even to do with, it's not, well, it's not, it's not entirely to do with goals and assists. It is more than that. You know, um, I don't believe Harry has stopped trying. I don't believe he's that personality. And this is something as well that I wanted to talk about today. And I'll do a little bit of it now, maybe, and we can get into it later. You know, Ricky, you, you, you'll you steer the ship as you always do so well. Um, but really, 
uh, talking about effort and everything before, for me, it's character, you know, the character of a, of a player. Again, to talk about Tongi, no one is going to dispute his ability. It is a different game to him, Lee. It is, mate. You know, like when you were talking, like maybe it's different in his head. Mate, it's different in his head and in his heart and in his body and in his feet. It is a different game to him. He does play it at a higher level. Um, but his character is wanting. My my former um, favourite, uh, and I've, obviously I've had favourite Tottenham players over the years, my former favourite Tottenham player before Sonny Ribe was Moussa Dembele. Oof. Ooh, what a player. You know, Rolls-Royce purring through the midfield. And the thing is as well, everyone's, oh, you never get the ball off him. Everyone in training, who's the best? Moose is the best. He was just this wonderfully composed guy. When you were talking about Rero before, Lee, you know, how he has that composure and he's so calm. He's almost sort of tranquil, like he's at a spa. Um, it reminds me of Moussa Dembele. It doesn't matter the opponent. It doesn't matter whether you're 3-0 down or 3-0. He just purred through the midfield. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to stand you up, do a little shimmy, then he's going to go left. And that's what he always did. He'll do right onto left and he's around you. And you couldn't stop him. You know what he's going to do and he did it. And so his character was never found wanting. Sonny is never found wanting for passion or for effort or for desire. And it's real. You know, it's real. If Nuno, if you have to fake it, do it a little bit. But for Sonny, DJ, it's, it's real, dude. Just to ask on, on Sonny and, and Jeff and obviously Rick as well, because uh, digging you out a little bit here, mate. But, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> No, what, what do you say to some of them fans that think that Sonny goes missing in parts of the season? You know, Mate, I'll say, I'll say the same thing that I said about the, those premium, premium elite players. If they drop off 5%, it's an enormous difference because you mm. play at such a high level. You know, uh, yeah, your, your darts analogy. If you're a dude that hits triple 20, triple 20, triple 20, and you're off a Nats... It's into, what is it, one and five that are next to the 20, have not been in a pub in a long time, right, the COVID. You, you know, if you're a Nats off, it's one. If you get it perfect, it's 60. So that's what I say to fans who say he drops off. Listen, no one's going to be perfect all the time, not even Sonny. But you can never, never question his character, his passion or his belief or his spirit, ever. No, I, totally agree. I totally agree on that. On Son, I mean, Jeff, I'll ask you on that. For me, I've seen Son as just that level, just just below. Um, I mean, I say I was say I was going to say below Kane for the last season, but obviously that ship now was happening with Kane. I think that's now a different situation. But for me, the only part I've made with Son, I know Lee, we've had this debate many times, me and you, that um, for me, I just feel for Son to become that what I perceive to be, you know, that elite level, it is just a consistency in terms of goals. Because you've looked at Son the last three, four seasons. He has what I call patches, goes for a great run, then it dries up, then it starts again. Is it just a case of Son, you know, getting that consistency or is he already at that level for you, Jeff? What do you reckon? To your point, I noticed early on in well, the first couple of games where he wasn't getting his shots off in the same way that we come to expect of him in the last season or so. He was almost hesitant and I, I wondered what that was all about, but he seems to have regained that slightly. My, my my question really in relation to what you've asked me is just did he go missing when Kane's been injured? And the 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 answer to that is he has stood up um in a mm. in a way that we, you know, couldn't have even imagined, um, yeah. which shows the character. It also tells me that the thing stopping him from taking uh that that step to the next level is actually his teammate Harry Kane. And not in a bad way, not in a purposeful way, just Sometimes in order to be the top man, someone else maybe needs to not be there. And I think that that 
that always gave me a, I don't want Harry Kane not at the club, by the way. Um, but it, it means that when Harry does go, I know exactly what Son's reaction would be and what sort of step up in performance I would expect to get from him. Yeah, I mean, Lee, just to, to bring you on that point, you know, Son, because um, I think he's now eclipsed uh, Berbatov in terms of assists. I think over now he's got 41 just assists alone, Son, to his game. But um, as we've always said with Son, he's always been much more than just a goal scorer. It's the overall contribution that he brings to the football club. Like DJ, uh, like TJ said, they call him DJ there for a second. He has been like a DJ tonight. DJ, TJ. With the movement, I tell you. But but generally, Lee, um, when you look at Son now, he is more than just a goal scorer. Like you say, he's now evolved into becoming this massive character for the football club to a point where, like you said there, TJ, if you ask fans there generally, who would they be more concerned about losing? I think if you put it to a vote, and I might be wrong, you know, Spurs fans voting. Uh, I know you love a poll, like but I, I generally think a lot of Spurs fans would say now they'd be more devastated to see Hun Min Son depart the club than Harry Kane. What do you make of that? Well, I think, I think a lot of that is to do or would be to do with what's just happened over the summer. If you, if you, mm. if you took the summer out of the equation and you know, the way Harry was angling for a move or his camp was angling for a move or whatever, all of that stuff, if you took that out, I don't think that you would get the same response. That said, I understand the point you're making. And the point is clearly that Sonny is Mr. Tom Motspur, in my opinion. I think he's absolutely outstanding in everything that he does. This guy is an absolute global superstar, and I already think he's elite level. You know, when when, when you come in, you're the third, uh, joint third highest uh, Premier League um, goal scorer last season, uh, and, and in the top five of assists as well. You know, and, and, and your teammate, by the way, is a top assist uh, um, uh, assister and a top goal scorer. I think you're already elite. You know, and Jeff, again, you just nailed it on the, on, on the head. When Kane was injured, you know, during that Champions League run, when he'd done his ankles, who stepped up and scored the goal at, 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 at 1-0 Man City at home? Sonny. Who scored two away to Man City? Sonny. You know, he, he steps up and scores goals. Who scored the first goal in the, state, in the brand new stadium? It's Crystal Palace. Sonny. You know, like this geezer is just... He's, and to put his pen, uh, is, is to sign on the dotted line again, commit his, his, his future to, for the next four years. I, I'm more baffled. What baffles me even more is that all the talks about Kane going to Man City, why ain't no one trying to sign Sonny? Which I'm very, very happy about, by the way. <laughs> but no one's ever come in for him. I don't get it. He would get into every single side in the Premier League, in my opinion. He, every top side. He would get into because he is absolutely world class. We are very, very fortunate and lucky to have him. And long may that continue because, and Jeff, you're right. Now he's getting his shots off or whatever. Wow, he's going to explode. And I tell you what, I don't, I don't fancy being Newcastle defenders after an international break. Put it that way. I don't think Newcastle defenders like being Newcastle defenders in general at the moment, Lee. To be honest, yeah. But I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I've got, I must say, uh, we are going to go for our final break of the show. Um, taking this break, we're going to hear from Pierre-Emile Hoybier. And like I said, we're going to close this show in the next 15 minutes, just talking about some of the other players today and also uh, just a quick run-up on Nuno and what we see happening for the rest of the season. Important win. I think it was an acceptable performance and it was nice to feel some, let's say, good energy and, and, and some good performance in terms, of, in terms of also being able to bring the crowd with us and uh, we really felt that today and uh, we had to show it, we had to show how much we care, how much we want it and I think uh, a big part of it today uh, we showed that. You could tell in the way that A, we got back to 2-1 so quickly and B, what we were doing at the end there. 
that we weren't going to let this game go today, were we? No, I was, like you say, I was very, very... I was very pleased with the way we responded to the 1-1. We, we went forward, we played out from the back, a fantastic goal. I think Sonny today did brilliant, brilliant uh, to assist and, and was running behind them. And I think he did really, really well. And uh, yeah, uh, created two fantastic goals for us. And uh, yeah, I think the team overall, uh, yeah, was acceptable. But again, you know, uh, in the week, or let's say the past weeks, this frustration is of course growing. But when you come into this stage and when you see in the bus this stage and this surrounding arena, you step in, you see how the crowd, the crowd responds, you see how the players are getting ready. Yeah, it's impossible not to feel, uh, to feel ready for the fight, you know, and uh, I think today we stood up and then executed and personally uh, I'm happy that, uh, that we got the win because uh, we need that, we need to go forward, we need to push forward. And we need to have the objectives. You speak about Sonny and his two assists. Well, for his first assist, I saw a player win the ball on the halfway line, run to the edge of the box, and then collect the ball off Sonny and just slot it in the corner nicely. Yeah, collect it off Sonny, or maybe I intercept the pass he wanted to play to Harry. You know, I don't know, but uh, lucky enough. Uh, well, you finished it like Harry, and I couldn't give you a bigger compliment than that. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, I was pleased. I was pleased to, to score in front of the fans and to help the team. And uh, yeah, it was nice. And I'm even more pleased that we got the win because yeah. then it feels good, you know. But like I say, uh, we need to, you know, we need to, we need to keep having the objectives. We need to keep putting, putting ourselves on the line. And I think today we did that. But, the, you know, it doesn't stop here. It doesn't start here. It has to roll on. And, uh, yeah, of course the frustration in the weeks were big, but yeah. we managed to respond well. I can say, Pierre, I mean, you always speak so honestly, but what has it been like this month? It must have been really no, tough. Very honest, it hasn't been very nice, hasn't been very, uh, very pleasant. But, again, this is why it's even sweeter, how we responded today and how we were managed to, to creating this, uh, yeah, energy and atmosphere and uh, that makes you feel really good but also even more annoyed in terms of you know what week happened? in week out we should we should push for this you know you cannot always technical and, and, and manage sometimes to be on the highest but we gotta push for it everyone you know i think i think yeah you know uh, yeah Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Now, today was a lovely day for both Spurs men and women as we both won. Spurs women played away at Leicester City and we won 2-0. However, it should have been a much more dominating game. Uh, I can't really report on the style of the game because I personally was at the men's game. But from those who were there said that we absolutely dominated them. The stats showed that as well. We had like... 
what was it? Nine shots on target, 22 shots overall the whole game. The first half as well, we should have easily been um, four or five nil up or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's just sounded like we really should have taken a chance as we created a, a load from the sounds of it. But that's really positive. And, you know, all overall, this just means that now we're we're top again. We've got four wins out of four, which is an absolutely incredible record. Um, we're joint top with Arsenal, boo. But um, but more importantly, it looks like we're just playing well as a team. I was pleasant. I was pleasantly not surprised. I was pleased. That's what I was looking for. Pleased with the lineup. I think it was a good team selection. Looks like Rianne's starting to find uh, the type of player she wants to play consistently. Uh, the only thing I would like to see a little bit more of Tang or Cho. Um, those are two separate players, by the way. And um, it would be good to to see some more of the new recruits. But as I said, I'm, I'm quite happy. Rachel Williams, um, our trusty uh, player, <clears throat> scored. In the first half, um, I just saw the replay and it was a corner kick um, with a little bit of to and fro in the box. And then she got the ball, was unmarked and just slotted it into the back of the net. Really good finish, actually. And then the second half, um, after lots and lots of pressure, we finally sealed the deal near the end with substitute Angela Addison, who I really, really like. I think she's a fantastic little player. Um, it was a fantastic break from us. Ashley Neville controlled the ball and... Um, she went to tackle it and, and challenged it. And she within that tackle, she um, she got the ball and passed it on to Rosella Ayan, uh, who broke free, passed it on to, I think, Rachel it was. I wasn't quite sure. Um, and who then passed it across the box to Angela, who finished it nice and calmly. So it was very good goals. You can check them out on Twitter. The FA player puts up replays or the Barclays WSL. Uh, Twitter account that's where I saw them but yeah the, the women's support group went there and they said that we played really really well we just should have scored a lot more of the chances we took but overall very pleased with that and as I said it's just I'm just a little bit more confident now in, in how everything's going and I'm really glad to see that we're doing so well it's just absolutely incredible um, our next game I believe is a midweek game on the 13th um, and then we've got a break as well until the 7th of November uh, which will be Manchester United at home um yeah which will actually follow a week before that's a week after the men's play at um united as well so fun times but yeah there's a big gap happening in both the men and women's games so that'll be fun so if you don't hear from me in a while of uh, then that's why but yeah i hope you enjoy the rest of the show and come on you spurs just generally i think sergio Reguilon, we we talk about every player on this show generally after a game so just to give him a quick mention a defending well down his side had a fine ball down the left for son to break away for spurs his second goal but the player i want to pick up on is another of our summer signings and jeff i want to come to you and ask you about emerson royal because for me I thought it was a bit of a royal performance. I think I took Lee's line there, but I, I honestly think, you know, he played ever so well. I think, you know, coming in where um, there was a lot of rumours about Emerson that, you know, he was couldn't wait for his Barcelona debut at the presentation. And someone said to him, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we can't afford you. You've got to go. And not only has he got to go, he's got to come to Tottenham where uh, the trophies are currently on the, on the hold. Uh, well, yeah. in terms of where we are in the position of the league, we know it's transitional. So please tell me, Jeff, um, what did you make of Emerson as a whole today? Are you excited by that performance? Uh, what I learned from him is what he does uh, offensively, certainly in Villa's final third today. Um, I didn't realise that he almost turns into to a winger, if you like, in, in that he's got great feet, in that he's got a great turn of pace and that I expect that he'll be getting to the byline a lot and putting in some balls that, you know, 
the likes of Harry Kane and, and Son will be able to lap up. So that was really reassuring, actually. Um, again, a, he looks like a great buy. I think the last three games, we've probably only seen him more of a in a defensive capacity, actually. So we only really learned about his defensive qualities. And that was overshadowed by the amount of goals that we were obviously letting in. I, c- I couldn't really go into detail in terms of how many of them we feel we might have potentially contributed to. But who cares? Here we are. Um, uh, we learned that from a from an attacking point of view, he offers quite a lot. I agree. A question on actually on Emerson. Um, this is from Stephen Hyde. We'll come to you, uh, Lee for this one. Uh, Lee, he says here, Emerson has hardly been mentioned since he joined Spurs. He's starting to look like a really good player and could be the purchase best purchase of the summer window. He goes that far. What do you think, Lee? Emerson, you saw him up close and personal. What do you make of his performance today? Yeah, I agree with Jeff. Uh, I mentioned it earlier as well. I think I've seen I've seen a couple of uh, weeks ago against Chelsea that he can defend. You know, last-ditch defending that we, t- we touched upon with Dyer uh, up against Wolves. And I think Emerson done that against Chelsea, in, in certainly in that first half. Um, I, I think going forward, I mean, I made a joke when we signed him. He's not going to be a defender, is he? He's a, he's a Brazilian, so he's always going to want to go forward. And, and ultimately, so you've got some good attacking play there. And I think that's, look, let's be honest about it. And we've banged on about it on this show so many times. Rose down the left, Walker down the right. We've never replaced that. I mean, the, the no. two flying fullbacks that we had were outstanding. You know, the yep. be, best right back and best left back, respectively, in Europe during that period of time. That uh, last season at White Hart Lane. Um, and the subsequent season after that as well, um, and, and probably one versus you know the, the Leicester title char- uh, uh, challenge, if you like, ridiculous. They were fantastic, but you know both of them, and then you know, Ben Davis coming in, and also Kieran Trippier, and I don't think we got as many crosses in since that quartet, if you like, has not been playing as fullbacks. You know, Regulon, for example. Then we've had you know we've had a bit of Carl Walker Peters. He got three assists in one game. Then he couldn't get a game himself. Then we've had uh, Serge Aurier, and, and he has got a decent cross on. I mean, I remember Serge Aurier putting that cross in against Borussia Dortmund uh, when we battered when we battered them three 0 that in the uh, in the last sixteen of the Champions League. Um, absolutely outstanding um, from one full back to another. It was Yan flying down the, the 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 left side, wasn't it, for full back, and he scored. So, you know, yeah. we have had the ability to do it, but not that very much. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Emerson as an attacking threat in that in that way as well. I feel a little bit for Jaffet actually, because there was a lot of people kind of saying that we're going to go and sign that Tommy Asu, who subsequently signed for, um, for for Arsenal. And the reason why we're going to sign him is because he could play centre-back or he could play right-back, and he had both that in his locker. And we wanted somebody to fill that gap. And Jaffet played so well against uh, Man City that everybody started saying, they, the, the club must have thought, actually, do we need this Tommy Asu guy? Should we keep hold of Jaffet? Because he can do both roles. Um, and then obviously with the thing that's happened at Crystal Palace and then how, you know, look, let's be honest, I'm not digging Jaffa out. We were, all of us were woeful against Arsenal, right? No one was over a three. I think that we, just, we were disgraced. Maybe Rodan, I don't know. But, you know, but we, we, we were rubbish. Um, and, uh, but but he wasn't very good again. So, and now Emerson's come in and you can see this kind of marauding fullback that we've got. I think he's going to get quite a lot of game time. I, I like the fella. Look, let's see how he goes. I think, one thing that I wanted to just pick up and whilst we're talking about Emerson, if I can, and crosses in the box is Villa had 28 crosses today and Tottenham had 50% of that, half of that. And I don't think that's enough crosses to be going in no. the box. You look at the likes of Harry Kane. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember. You'll probably get battered now from the viewers. He scored one every day. But I don't I don't know when was the last time Harry Kane scored with his head. You know, I remember looping headers that he scored against Arsenal and some fantastic goals. But, you know, 
crosses coming into the box from the left, from the right, from wherever. I always think this is a little bit of a niggle to me because we, we're not we're not completely finished yet, are we? Clearly, but we, we seem to want to walk the ball in the back of the net at times. Sometimes we want to be a bit intricate, you know. Because yep. we play with Lucas and Sonny, they're not they're not pure wide players, are they? They kind of they come inside quite a lot, and I, it, it means that the fullbacks need to go past them and get crosses in, and hopefully Emerson can do that because we definitely need that this season. Yeah. When opposition know that you've got someone who can cross the ball and is going to cross the ball, that's what stretches are back for as well. So then you can, your next attack, mix it up and then you can go more more intricate. But because we don't have it, the uh, the, the back fours or the threes, they get they get narrower and it's, it's, narrow. it's probably made things harder for us to, to break teams down. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I think that is it. Yeah, uh, TJ, just picking up on Harry Kane. Um, many will now look at the stats, and um, I know many will say, "Listen, discount the Europa Conference League for as the glory as that competition is." Um, that's obviously sarcastic, by the way. I'm not trying to actually self-promote the Europa Conference League there. Although Jeff did an absolute fine job in the week on the Europa Conference League, and listen, we go on to win that trophy, we'll all be absolutely delighted because it is a trophy in the bank for Tottenham. But just in general, TJ, in terms of his Premier League form yet to score a Premier League goal. Um, do you have any concerns over Harry Kane in terms of scoring in the Premier League? Because, um, like I say, seven without a goal. Although he's getting into some of the right areas, he isn't scoring. And we're now in October. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned about, about Harry Kane. Of course, I want him to score. I want him to score um, every game. And uh, if you remember, my prediction today was that we would win 2-1. And I actually thought that Harry would score and that Lucas would score. So I was sort of, you know, 66.6% right. Um, and he should have scored today. But I'm also very much in agreement with Jeff um, that the the Mora game was very important for us. Um, and I, I, I was listening to another episode where Richard Cracknell, um, who was wonderful, I really like listening to him talk. I love his voice as well. And he just he, he's just really insightful. And um, he was talking about how important it is to win trophies and to win cups. And he said, you know, there's nothing like walking up the stairs and lifting that trophy. And, and he's so right. You know, um, I was there in, in 91 when we won the F I was there with my friend, um, JB. Um, it's, you know, winning trophies is very important. 2008, right, we won the League Cup. Um, and so it's terribly important to come on and, and, and win those games. And also... Uh, I know people were saying they're 300 and whatever they are in the, in the UEFA uh, rankings. But the thing is, is that, look, nobody wants to come out and play football and lose. And certainly no one wants to come out and get humiliated. If you are a small team, I mean, you know, they're the, the champions of Slovenia. And of course, no disrespect to them and no disrespect to the league that they play in. But of course, they want to come to Tottenham and take scalps. They want to put themselves in the shop window. And I have to say, I can't remember his name, but they're right back. He was this blonde dude. He looked like Drago from Rocky Four. <laughs> Like flying forward, made incredible tackles. I thought he was really good. So, you know, mm. that's what they're looking to do. And it yeah. isn't the same as playing better opposition in training. It isn't. These guys want to take you. You know what I mean? And they don't mind if they hurt you or they, they don't mind. You know, they want, they want to put, uh, put their name in lights. And so for Harry to score three in 22 minutes was very important. Yes, of course, he should have scored today. And yes, of course, he should have scored twice against Arsenal. You know, and so... Am I concerned about him? No, he will absolutely come good. He is an elite, um, an elite uh, Premier League uh, player, you know, arguably the best number nine in the world. I was doing quote signs for people who were listening to this rather than watching it on YouTube. Arguably the best number nine in the world. So has he been affected? Of course he has. He's still a young man. 
Yeah. Um, he's only 28. Good Lord, when I was 28, I couldn't find my own ass with both hands. And so, you know, I think he's he's doing what he can. And as soon as he scores one, the floodgates will open and that will be that. Will be that. I must ask, because I'm conscious of time, I'm going to try and do a quick five on Nuno as well. Jeff, let's come around to you on Harry Kane quickly. Then I'm going to come around to Lee. Um, Jeff, have you, got any, have you got any reservations about Kane now? Seven games in... No. Not at all, not at all. Didn't, didn't he always have a bit of a September thing anyway? I don't know whether we've just revisited that. But um, do you know what I think that he'd be gutted with tonight? He'll be sitting there thinking about the uh, the dink. The, well, it weren't a dink, actually. He sort of he pinned it as opposed to leaning. I think he'll be sitting there thinking like the, the keeper was miles out. And if he'd have just leant back a touch more, really easy for me to say. Uh, obviously, just, just watching the game on my phone or whatever. But um, I think he'll know that 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 was there for a, 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 a player of his calibre will will know that he, he could just have lent back a little bit more and uh, and found a net with that one. Uh, but look, I, I think that in terms of what happened in the summer, it would have took a, a, a period of time for him to just get his head together and acclimatise to the fact that he hasn't gone anywhere and that he still is where he's at. He was being professional anyway, but it would affect you. Even if it was just 5, 10, 15% of your game, it would, and I think that's just gradually coming back into it. Thank God he's got six elsewhere. And yes, I agree, TJ. It's a, it's a matter of time before he just regains his, his goal scoring touch. I agree as well that he could have scored that. Remember that goal that he scored against that Chesney twat in Juventus? I loved, I loved seeing him scramble to try to keep that one out against yeah. Juventus, which was much harder to score. I, I, I agree. Audi Cup. Yeah. That's what we said. We we won the Audi Cup. We won that, boys. Lee, for you on, on Harry Kane, um, I, 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 it sounds to me even silly asking this question. The guy no, got a 22-minute hat-trick during the week. Do, do no, you still think Kane can still be the top scorer, Lee, in the Premier League? hundred percent. I mean, look, Mo Salah um, is, is absolutely on fire at the moment, so he's going to have mm. to start catching him up rapido. But, um, you know... It, it, I'm not worried at one one iota. I've done a load of analysis. He's been at the he's been at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, obviously all his career. Um, but for me, he uh, um, for, I didn't class the first season because he was out of all because Adebayor was still starting. So seven seasons uh, that he's been at the football club, he averages two goals in the first six Premier League matches. That's he averages two goals over seven seasons. So obviously it's seven games now. I've done the research tonight. You have to forgive me, obviously, because I've been at the match. Um, but ultimately, he scored a hat-trick in midweek. He's already scored six goals, as Jeff said. I'm not worried at, at all. I think that, and, and actually, you're talking about seven games. He didn't play the first two. He weren't even in the bloody side because he was messing around with the Man City stuff. So it's actually only five games, really. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes, you know, they're banging two and then they're banging one and then they're banging two and then they're banging two. And, then they're banging two, and, then they're, and all of a sudden, they'd be on double feet and you think, bloody hell, where'd that come from? That, that's yeah. just the man. That, that's, the, that's just the man that he is. I think... I think the way the team is setting up is going to help him as well. And like we just talked about, Emerson getting down the right-hand side, Reggie getting down the left-hand side, people pushing up 15, 20 yards out of the pitch, defending on the halfway line, attacking more, eight shots on target today. That's going to help Harry Kane. He should have scored today. Probably could have hit two, uh, if, if we're honest about it. Um, it'll come. No, no problem. No issue with yeah. Harry. Uh, Perhaps, can, can we give a can we give a, a very brief moment? I'm so sorry to jump on a very brief moment of appreciation for Oliver Skip. I mean, this guy's oh, unbelievable. Dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously he's back, back in the back in the team today. One of our very own. Um, we'll start with you, TJ, very quickly on Oliver Skip. Um, you've got obviously very high hopes for him, right? You still think when you look at everybody fit, is he 
Spurs is one of the first names on the team sheet in terms yes. of midfield for you. Yes, he is. And, he, you know, he's about 15 minutes old. I mean, this 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 is extraordinary. And again, one of the things that I love um, following um, uh, John on um, Twitter, uh, Lily White Rose, is that he's so good with all the youth set up. I'm not very good with that. And he's just brilliant at it. And he really says, oh, you know, the under 17s did that and the under 18s, the under 90, under 23s. You know, he's so good at following these prospects that are coming through. So even when we're talking about uh, Paratici and, and uh, transfer windows and do we need to go back into the market, you know, let's not forget our own that are coming through our our ranks. And what I love about Skippy as well is that, again, it's that composure that we were talking about, Lee. You know, he's, I mean, I th- is he 21? Like, just uh, un- unbelievable. And also... I think he's only 20. Something like that, mate. It was. I remember when he first played for us before he went for Norwich, and he came on, and he. I think he had to go off at half time because he had his economics A level like later that day or something. It was. I know it was an economics A level. I was like, oh my God, how old do I feel? But um, he's he's just he, wonderful. He's, he's twenty one. Just turned twenty one. Right. I mean, just just incredible. So, and also what I really like about him is that he's technical and he's but he's also combative. And if you look at him, he's a lump. He's a lump. Again, there's no excuse to be too lightweight and not to smash on a guy who's been smashed so much recently. But Harry Winks, there was that one time that somebody said, oh, maybe he's going to be Iniesta. Come on, Iniesta, are you kidding me? And if you're not going to be Iniesta, then go to the gym, my friend. Go to the gym. How many times you want us to talk about the best training facility in the world? I'm sure they have a weight or two. Go to the gym. Bulk up if you're not going to be that technical because... Uh, Oliver Skip was smashing Traore, and Traore is built like a bull. I love this kid. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, we've got massive high hopes for Oliver Skip. We have got massive high hopes for him. Just a quick mention, obviously, on Dombele, we touched on him briefly. He's struggled to make an impact on that game. We're not going to get into it now, but um, we've got plenty of shows to come during the international break where I'm sure we'll analyse him as well. His best opportunity came on the hour mark when he beat a couple of defenders and sent a low shot that Martinez held. Um, the Celso, he had two big opportunities when he came on. Neither of them find the back of the net. Um, and Nuno said after the game on the four South, South Americans that they will go in and they will isolate. But we are fortunate enough to have the lodge and they will work normally with the team when they return. I'm sure we'll get into that more during this international break. But guys, in this final couple of minutes, I just want to discuss Nuno. So where Spurs are at the moment in terms of that Premier League table. Um, Spurs currently sit in eighth place, uh, played seven, 12 points return. I think, Jeff, you said at the start of the show that that's probably maybe on target when you look at the start of where Tottenham maybe were looking to be. Um, I must add that we're only, this is the, this is the Spurs fan in me, uh, we are only as things stand, just the three points off the top spot, which you should never look to do. We're a couple of points off, you know, joint second. Um, although I must keep adding to myself, it is a transitional season. It is a transitional season. Um, yeah. Nuno so far, I'll call it the, the half-term report. Um, what have you made of it? Does he need more time? Are you excited by what's to come? Yeah, we're covering old granny. I, I think that let's look at after ten games. If he continues to steadily improve, if the if the the attacking flow continues to um, develop, then I think that we can all sort of work with that. Um, in terms of expectations for the year, um, I'd say sixth the best we could probably hope for, and eighth would be would be the least that we should be looking for. Um, you know. I know we want better because we've experienced that in, in seasons gone by, but what I, I, I don't really know what would need to change um, in order for, for us to feel like we're, we're going to hit the top five. So that's me. That's my expectations personally. And that's the beauty of football is that everybody has the right to completely disagree with that and feel like they, 
um, feel that we could, do either of you feel like we could be any higher than that this year? TJ, let's come to you first. What do you think? Higher than fifth, no. I think I, I concur with, again, what's been said on, on this show um, in multiple episodes. That I think, I mean, listen, I think fifth would be a steal. And I think that would be wonderful for a first season. And also, we mustn't forget what a horrendously ugly baby Nuno inherited. I mean, a real minger. You know, and so with all of these issues that, that we were having, and he's really many done of quite well. the, many of them. Oh, mate. You know, and so um, he's I, I think he's really done quite well. And again, we have to ask more of the players. We have to ask more of them. It cannot always be yeah. Nuno. You no. guys, the, uh, you guys, our players, like all other Premier League players, and it isn't their fault that they get paid what they get paid, but they get paid what they get paid to go and do what any one of us, if, as soon as someone says, LT, do you want to play football? I'm there. And even if I have to pay for it, I played three times last week. I paid once. So if you're getting paid millions of pounds to do one of the most wonderful things that we've ever invented, and I do believe that about football. I really do. It is the most egalitarian pursuit we have ever created. It is the great equalizer. No matter where you're from, what you look like, whether you're a man, woman, child, nothing, doesn't matter. Everybody can play this game and loves this game. So ask more of the players. Let's give Nuno some time. He's now working with a different philosophy, a different squad, different set of expectations. I do feel hopeful and uh, not enthusiastic, but I feel quietly confident that I think he could do a, a good job um, if the players step up. It has to uh, begin and end with the players, in my opinion. Yeah, John, I think that's something we don't always talk more about. You know, on these shows recently, the last couple of weeks, I know many have said, you know, it can become across. You know, a lot of it is on the emphasis of the manager. And you look at the squad that we have in the past, it's failed Pochettino. Dude, Harry Calvary, just said it, right? Brian Sorry Mason. to interrupt you, Ricky. Har Harry yes. just said it, right? Harry yeah. just said it. You have to, was, uh, they abandoned Pochettino, they abandoned Jose, and now they maybe they're going to throw Nuno under the bus. Come on, yeah. guys. Sorry we, to interrupt you, mate. And listen, and we, and we can't sack 26 players. You know, the reality is you cannot sack 26 players. Um, before I do come to lead, just very quickly, Lucas Mora, I've got to give him a quick mention. He did kept coming inside from the left in that first half, which was congested, to be fair, to the walls in the middle. Kept plugging away. Was pivotal for Spurs' goal as well. So just to give Lucas a shout out there. Lee, to close it with you. Um... It's been a bit of a crazy train this show, hasn't it? Crazy, crazy train. Been an absolute joy to have these guys on with crazy us. Season. On on Nuno, then, where are we, Lee, for you? Because I know he's well, I mean, uh, been quite passionate recently. Is he still the right yeah. man for you? Look, it, not really, if, I, if I'm honest. I mean, look, we've scored, uh, we've, we've got three points today, happy days. 14-15 season in Poch's first season, um, seven games in, he's got 11 points, right? And we've got 12. 15, 16 season, 12 points. 16, 17 season, 17 points. 17, 18 season, 14 points. 18, 19 season, 15 points. You're keeping up 19, 20 season, 11 points. And last year, 2021 uh, season, 14 points. So, like Jeff said, I think you're spot on. I think we're pretty much there or thereabouts. The thing about the wider aspect of this and whether or not it's Nuno just on his head, and I agree with that, that's what you're saying, it's not just on Nuno's head, is but. We haven't got a way of playing. He's still fight. Maybe he's still finding that. I will back the manager. I'm not calling for his head. What I'm saying is, I don't want to be sitting there next next week or, or sorry when the international breaks finished, wondering why we've only got a one-one draw away at Newcastle because we've sat back after winning uh, after going one-nil up. Unfortunately, today that didn't happen. If you can see that he goes to Newcastle and, and sets the team up and does what we did today against Newcastle and then brave against Manchester United and brave against uh, West Ham United, then fine, you know, but I, I can't, after what I've seen in the first six games, this was 
yeah, this is probably the best we've played, maybe the City game as well. But that doesn't mean to say that all of the work is done. There's a huge amount of work still to do. And for me, the jury's still out. Now, whether or not he's seven games, 10 games or whatever, the way he set up the football team and the way that we've been playing under him so far doesn't fulfil me that he is a he is a proactive front foot coach. He's not. I don't think he's coached the players. I personally don't look at this and see this about the coaching aspect. I think he didn't have. He looked clueless against Arsenal. He didn't know what to do. He's not tactically set up to change things to make things happen. Um, and I don't think he's getting the best out of the, the players and the systems so far that he's played. What I would say to to counteract that a little bit is. Kane hasn't had a pre-season. Somebody's got these boys for the, the South American boys. They haven't had a proper pre-season. They've gone in and out and, and, the, and, and the, the, you know, the COVID situation and all that jazz. So it's not been smooth sailing for him. So maybe I'm a bit, a bit harsh, but I'm not going to, just because we've got three points to down, I'm not going to go back on what I said last week or the week before. The football's been fucking turgid, excuse my language, and it needs to improve. And it improved today, so we're happy. But it needs to continue to improve. And... My prediction will be that we will be going like this again this season. And that's that's how it's going to go. We'll rock up at Newcastle and scrape, scrape a draw. We'll lose to Man United. And then we might go and turn over West Ham after getting battered and beaten 1-0. And that's not going to, you know, and that's where everyone's going to be like, oh, he's good. Oh, he's not so good. And that's why, for me, the club need a plan. And at the moment, I don't see the club having a bigger vision than just win a football match. And that's the, well, that's the problem for me. Not necessarily yeah. Nuno, but that's the problem mm. for me. Well, I, I think like we've said, you know, the last couple of weeks, show, if, we, if we know what the plan is, where we're going, where we're heading, what the direction is, what the philosophy, then as Spurs fans, you know, we've been patient for 20 plus years waiting for trophies. We could be patient if we know what that plan is, what it looks like. And I'm pleased to say we have got the... We can be patient, can't we, Rick? We, if we well, know where we're going, we can be patient. We've got, we've got no choice. Yeah. Well, as I've said, as I've said, I was going to say, before, what I would say... The last five minutes of that football match today was really well managed. The last five minutes of that football match. Mm. I, thought, I thought they were very well managed. You know, sometimes uh, Spurs, we, we mess it up. We give the opposite. You know, there was no crosses coming into the box in the last five minutes from Villa. And we won. We wasn't under pressure at all. We were keeping it in the corner. And it was very well managed in that way. So, look, long may that continue. I don't think we're asking for, you know, Pep Guardiola. I just think we're asking for us to give heart, desire, some passion and a way of playing that we can get on the front foot and score goals. That That's what, you know, and we lose games doing that, Rick. Of course we will, but we'll win more than we lose. Totally agree. Let me say a massive thank you to our great panel for tonight. The first up, Jeff, thank you so much for making your debut. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're hoping you'll be back on during the season. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, our pleasure. TJ, thanks for everything. Generally, everything. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. I know, like I say, the, the animations, our listeners have been absolutely loving having you and Jeff on. So uh, thank you for making your debuts. It's been 10 out of 10. Oh, a pleasure. I've, I've loved every moment of it. Thank you so much. And it was, it was yeah, I mean, we, we want to we talk about our team and we want to show some, some emotion. And um, it's mm. so terribly important to us. And again, I think that um, as fans we do well to prop each other up and we do well to commiserate one another as well. And so um, I, I'm not saying for a second that maybe pl players or training staff or anything would, would potentially see or hear this program, but it's important for them to be reminded that you, you're playing for a multitude of people who take this terribly, terribly seriously. So um, we should ask the maximum of our players and of the coaching staff, but thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. 
Oh, pleasure. And Crackers there, like I say, if that is the man, I'm sure it is the man, the legend, the Crackers himself, enjoying it as well. Thanks, Rich, for handing me this uh, this baby back. I'm really enjoying it. Absolutely loving it. At least we're going to an international break on a positive. And to finish with our crazy training instructor, Lee McQueen. Lee, it's going to be one of those seasons, my friend, isn't it? What are we in for, eh? It's always crazy being uh, being Spurs. And look, we've got to enjoy it. It's three points today. Played well. Long may that continue. I'd just like to say thank you to Jeff and to, T, uh, to TJ as well, because I've, I've finally enjoyed being on here. I'm going to go and rest my throat now, because as somebody said, I don't ever shut up, which is fair enough, because I don't. But also, I need to go and rest my voice box for tomorrow. So thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, as always, it's, as hopefully... Uh, by the way, just, just this is how crazy my brain is, right? Talk about crazy train. I saw this week five pairs of magpies, right? So I knew that we were going to win today. I'm telling you, it's how it works. Lucky pants, lucky socks. No, no, no. Magpies. If you see them singly, it's a shocker. If you see two, happy days. And we won the football match. Come on, you magpies, I think. I love it. Fantastic. Guys, most importantly, thank you so much for joining us live on this show. Wherever you're listening from around the world, thank you so much. But most importantly, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.